everybody and welcome back to Lowered Expectations. I am your host and I'm here with my band of merry men, starting with Johnny. Hello. Justin. Also hello. Kyle. Oh, hi. Dylan. Hello. And Evan is here with us as well. Hey, everyone. Um, So if you remember last month or in our last podcast, we told you that we would be playing uh, the next installment in the Dark Pictures Anthology this month, a little Halloween spooktacular for you. Um, the next one in this series is called Little Hope. Um, So, Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope, also known simply as Little Hope, is an interactive drama survival horror video game developed by Supermassive Games and published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. It is the second of eight planned installments in the Dark Pictures Anthology series, following 2019's Man of Medan. The game was released for Windows, PS4, and Xbox One October 30th, 2020. And its successor, House of Ashes, was actually just released uh, October 21, so this month. Um, <clears throat> if you guys are unfamiliar with our last playthrough of Man of Medan, um, the gameplay is kind of a decision-based type of scenario. So um, it's classified as a survival horror video game played from a third-person perspective in which the player assumes control of all five characters who are trapped in a ghost town of Little Hope. Throughout the game, the player needs to choose different dialogue options which will influence the course of the narrative and the relationships between the protagonists. The game can be played multiple times because there's multiple endings. I think in this one there's actually five different endings. And uh, there's multiple scenarios that can turn out based on the decisions that the players make. Um, Depending on the choices of the players all characters may or may not die by the end of the story action sequences mainly feature quick time events most of which if missed can lead to dire consequences for each character similar to man of medan the game features two multiplayer modes shared story which is kind of like an online two-player co-op and then there's movie night which allows you to play with up to five players in the same room and you kind of just pass the controller as it's each person's turn um A little more specifically on the actual plot of the story of Little Hope. Abandoned and all alone, four college students and their teacher become stranded in an isolated town miles from anywhere after their bus crashes in bad weather. Trapped by a mysterious fog in the town of Little Hope, they search desperately for a means of escape whilst visions from the past haunt them from the shadows. Spooky. Spooky. Um, I thought this game was really cool. Um, very much, you know, in the same vein as the first one. In that, um, I think we are going to just go ahead and do heavy spoilers on this since it's been out for a year already. I think since and, the uh, last installment or the next installments come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, personally, I was a little bit disappointed that it was kind of another psychological thing and it wasn't actual real ghosts and scary shit going down. Same. Um, because there's parts that they didn't explain. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying, but like the little girl is shown standing next to a witch in the early like house burning down scene. Yeah. And yeah, I don't understand what the hell that was all about. No, yeah, I think that, it's that, just the priest. I, I think it's the priest uh, that leads her around killing everybody in Salem. Well, there's a right. there has to be some kind of paranormal element because these people are reliving lives, right? Like this is you know the dude's house burnt down right and but that's all it, hallucination yeah, but that's all in his head they're not actually reliving any lives it's all hallucination that he concocts but there's which like, is another one of my issues it's like how, okay this guy's crazy sure but 
how fucking crazy is this guy that he's out here imagining different storylines for different groups of people that are in different places in the same area and also doing all this with fucking flashbacks to three different timelines and periods? It's like, how fucked up is this guy? And how is he even able to walk? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious at the very beginning in the house, did you guys go for it to stay with the little girl so that um, Taylor's reincarnation jumped in the window and uh, set on fire, or did you guys try to save her and she hanged herself? I just uh, saved Taylor and she hung herself. Yeah, I saved her both. Okay. I played through it twice and I saved her both times. I wanted to save the little girl the second time, but I think somebody did, else chose. So did it change her demon or how she died in Salem? Instead of them burning her, did they hang her? Yeah. Did they? Really? Okay. Yeah, That's yeah cool. she died by hanging. Yeah, so I was curious about that. I was like, so if you pick the girl, does she just still slip and fucking hang anyways? Or like, what? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Well, that like, changes her demon, too, then. Yeah, I think w- right. what we ended up doing was we, because um, we all played together, Justin, Johnny, and I, and we didn't really know like what was best ending or like what we could do to save people in that initial part. Right. Cause yeah. all is damned either way. Right. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't televise it to you, but I remember all of us being like, They're we really fucked yeah. something up and we restarted <laughs> that first part <laughs> because we were like, Oh my God, what did we do wrong here? That like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we like we missed one or two quick time events. I like fucked up a heartbeat thing, and I was like, "Was I? I must have really needed to turn that TV off or something." Holy (laughs) shit! (laughs) And then right after we went through it again, and everybody died again, you sit there and go through the intro cutscene. First of all, that intro song is fucking ridiculous. Like, I I enjoy it, but it is so long. Yeah, it is. You can't skip it either, even if you play through it again. Ghost, lives, It should be the intro to Ghost Adventures on fucking the Travel Channel. If you yeah, literally, literally. But um, yeah. So in, during that intro cutscene, he talks about it, and he's like, "Don't worry about the fire. Nothing you could have done about that." And we are all like, "God damn it!" Just should have waited for the intro. <laughs> <laughs> But those games is just so hard to not do that, you know, because you're like, oh, my God, what did I do? Right. Because one of the things that I will give this game credit for is that um, it seemed like the branching paths or at least the amount of decisions or things that you could do was much more in this game than in the prior installment. Like looking at the um, the secrets panel and looking at like all the branching narrative panels that you can go in the menu seemed like there was a lot of variety in like what you could do. So I will give it credit. It seems to be a little bit more fleshed out in this one than it was in the second, in the first one. Um, It it definitely ran smoother in a lot of those, uh, in a lot of those senses too. Like there were, there seemed to be more decisions you could make. I don't know. I guess maybe not really, but I don't Just the way that even the quick time events were structured, it felt like a lot better. Um, like they did a good job of trying to trip you up. I don't remember if it did this in the first one, but on the heartbeat ones, it like would switch to Y, right? Yeah, that Which wasn't. Was, yeah, that wasn't that. in the first one. Um, and then, but there were also like it would give you like I feel like it gave you like more of like a heads up that like a quick time event was coming. Uh, it gave you nice. the little like flash on the screen, mm-hmm. and before yeah. it was just like you'd be watching, you're it, in it, paying attention <laughs> to it, and then yeah, it pops up on you. 
Also yeah, so that was for the uh, QuickTime events too. It actually rumbles the controller before the QuickTime events come up, right. and that was a big change. And it gives, you a, it gives you a cue that you got some shit going on coming up. I don't know. You if really you guys... had to focus. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, d- I didn't know if you noticed, but when you have to like actually press a specific button, so like one of the four on the face of the controller, it actually gives you an icon that looks like someone's foot or looks like a hand, right? Or looks like a head. Yeah, you're going to have to grab or It's kick that or... button every time, right? So if you learned like, okay, the kick button is 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 A, right? You know, or just um, say, for example, you could really get a head start on yeah. that. So um, another thing with the quick times I thought was really cool is how in some of the instances it would like kind of swap between two characters that were in the same scene, but all they both had to get through the quick time events. I don't know if you guys had that. Yep. But for me, it was yeah. like Daniel and Taylor when they're running away from Taylor's demon, right? And Daniel yeah. books it and he has to do all the quick time, but then it kind of pans back to Taylor and now she's got to get through and do all the quick time. By the way, if you, fail, cool. if you fail all those QTEs, it does nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. Interesting. So, like, it doesn't change anything if you fail them. No, they still run away. Interesting. <laughs> what the um, fuck? Well, one thing I noticed during that, in general, when it gives you a button to push out of like X, you know, X, Y, B, or A, um, like if your little icon is shown on the bottom of the screen, you're typically hitting the A button. If it's shown on the right side of the screen, you're hitting the B button. On the left side, it's the X. So kind of gives you these visual things on the screen to kind of help you kind of figure out like the direction, not only which button you got to hit, but I noticed that when you're doing a bunch of them in succession, like in that one with Daniel and Taylor, it makes you do Taylor's quicker, probably because she's not as athletic or something because he's like a football player, so it's harder for her, but it also switches the direction where it's at on the screen. So it would have that up top, so you think, oh, it's going to be Y, and it's fucking A, or it'd be over on the fucking left, and you're like, oh, it's going to be B, and it's fucking X. And so it kind of like tries to trip Just you up to like call, that too. Cause you duress, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I thought that was kind of a cool little touch um, in it as well. But um, yeah, man. I mean, overall, I really liked the game. I thought it was a cool story and everything. I just was kind of a little let down that it wasn't some actual real ghost stuff going on, and that it was just more crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I was kind of okay with that because it kind of left off at a like what well, you're not thinking how it would end. So I, I was that. Cool, but it wasn't yeah. the haunted stuff that it was just all in his head and you were just him. I have a Honestly, um, I got to the very ending of the game uh, and he was crazy and I was like Is that just cuz they all died or like is there a way where it could actually turn into be actual witchy ghost stuff if I do other stuff correctly or did I just fuck up so hard that I got this shitty ending where he was just crazy? <laughs> it's like well, that's like know. you raised a good point earlier about like how much of this is he hallucinating? Like, what's what's he doing when he's hallucinating scenes that he's not actually in? Is he like trembling in a corner somewhere? Right. Like, and yeah. like, he also is he hallucinating all the like Salem shit too, or is that some like actual witchy shit? Because again, they show a witch standing next to a little mm-hmm. girl. Like maybe he's like actually somehow getting mixed up in the Salem shit, but also hallucinating, or I like I. I well, never was able to like make heads or tails of the how the Salem storyline fit directly into the seventies and like what he's currently experiencing stuff. There's also right. shit you find as you're going through that are literally pictures of these people in different eras and time. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. so so that part to me is is a little weird too, right? In that like, if you're trying to convince me that this is all hallucination, right? 
like why are these actual artifacts around the town like is well, that so all it could be just another hallucination right but it's so like... i think i noticed that at least once that like because you're split up in at least two different groups i think it's like daniel and taylor and like andrew and john and maybe angela depending on who angela went with or whatever but one time i went through and i found a book and it was like about like witchcraft stuff and then the next time i went through as like a different group found the same book but it was about like parenting tactics in the 70s so like he was definitely hallucinating a lot of the stuff he picked up probably wasn't actually what we saw it as right because like when i found some of the same items as different people and they weren't the same thing um so he was definitely like hallucinating like the pictures of the people from like past lifetimes that has to have been a hallucination like, so maybe it was something where he because in the fire scene he also defends the little girl and everybody else is kind of like yeah she's fucking crazy right so maybe like the witch hunt hallucination is also a component of that where he's like she, like his psyche processing the whole like her just being a normal little girl right none of it explains that scene in the beginning no, My shit yeah. is, like I also have some issues with it because they so the game that they made on PlayStation 4 right until dawn actually Ooh. has like horror um sci-fi elements like the wendigo is real in that game right yeah. so right i think i kind of walk into it with an expectation that we're gonna get there right i'm like oh okay you know we yeah. had one psychological thriller and then i walked into this one and justin as justin said it like that scene in the beginning primed me for mm-hmm. thinking oh hey like this could actually be some sci-fi shit like that would be really cool or some occult shit right and what i will say is that this game does a way better job of like background setting oh, than, yeah, than the first one does like it feels it was, it, creepy all the way very through. very um, creepy the scenery and everything was very well done for it, sure and that's what t- that's what did 80 percent of the convincing for me that this was going to end up being some occult shit right i'm just like okay right. yeah this is like there's something very clearly wrong here right yeah um but i do see what you're saying and that like you know i i was hoping the entire time that that's the way that it would break out but it didn't seem to to break out that way yeah i wonder if Um, like a lot of the choices were illusions as well because like johnny said failing all those quick time events in that run like chase scene you'd think that would have some dire consequences but you just get out of it anyway i'm like curious how many of the choices on those wheels actually tweak anything significant about the story or how it unfolds well there's that one about the old lady dying right where she can be drug off by the thing with the chains like yeah in the picture frame (laughs) so there must be some actual real consequence to that like the the fucking thing is is there's a bunch of quick time events that lead up to that i hit every single one of them she still gets drug off by the chain and everybody was like oh well they fucking killed it we already killed angela and i was like i don't think angela's actually dead one because then something before like we got our next check-in with like fuck the fucking guy who lives with no electricity even though he has electricity Um, (laughs) he like before that next check-in somebody else dies like for real dies and it does that little death scene where it goes on their demon and shows their locked traits and everything and i'm like see we didn't get that for fucking angela so i don't think angela's dead and then sure enough, like 20 minutes later, she just comes running out of the bushes like, whew, 
what's up guys and i'm like what what the fuck no shit <laughs> so she actually comes back after that yes. because it shows yeah, it as a did. death frame like uh it shows it when you pick up a picture yeah, one of, the, of that event one of, like the premonition yeah. like pictures yeah it's it like cracks her head oh my god yeah that Dude. so so that even goes a little further into like frustrating me about the premise of it right because if you're gonna yeah. like i get illusion for the sake of like plot right but if your whole game is based on choice and you're giving me the illusion of choice throughout the entirety right. of it, that's a little frustrating. Like that, that feels like not like a um, a cool facade, right? Like that you're kind of participating. That just feels like a trick. Like you fucking yeah. tricked me into playing exactly. this game. Then at that point, like entirely, <laughs> like what the fuck is that? Like yeah. that part, I don't like one bit. If 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 those choices and those interactions are meaningless, like or if eighty percent of them are and twenty percent of them aren't, and you're having to suss out which ones are and which ones aren't, that's frustrating. Like I don't know mm, how everybody yeah. else feels about that, but that doesn't feel right. Like that wasn't in the first one. Like you actually okay died with... or killed people we, in the first we... one. Hold on, real fast. Do we know for sure that that's how that works, or are you just like winding yourself up right now? Because I, I was think gonna there's definitely that. more of that in this one. Because in the last one, there definitely were choices that you made that ultimately didn't make much of a difference, and they were just kind of like false flags, right? I think that is still present in this, but it's just so much more common than you realize. I am I probably getting wound Johnny, up, but the fact I, that I, she I want to ask Johnny more about this like run that he did. I'm curious yeah, because it you like can he had a quite different one. Answer some of that. Yeah, because I I did a, I did a do nothing say nothing run. Um, and to be honest, it made me feel awkward, the interactions and all that. I'm a quiet guy too, so this didn't <laughs> make me feel awkward, but it was like cringy. But, um, like, like, like I didn't anything. talk in this game. <laughs> the whole time people are asking questions like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Tank in relationships, man. They're getting and they're all just like, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Angela actually dies in the, the first, when you first run into a demon that comes out of the water, she actually dies there if you don't do anything. Okay. Like fail all the quick time events. She she does die in that first section. So I was expecting Daniel and Taylor to die in that first interaction, but yeah, they still get away. Interesting. I was curious because I was like, what's the option if you fucking hide? Like they're just gonna fucking find you anyways, and then what? Like, yeah. Like, so it's like it seems like the bad thing to do to run because Daniel just fucking takes off without Taylor at first. <laughs> so that feels a little crummy, but it's also like, what the fuck is the other option? Like, there was a funny interaction between them two too. You remember when you pick up the knife, and uh, she she's like she's like, here, you take this, and if you don't say anything, then she just goes, okay, I'm taking it. <laughs> she's like, all right, That's fine. Funny. It's gonna kill me. I'll just take it. That's funny. So, um, who all picked up the gun? I didn't um, see the gun. We did, we, we did we on did our playthrough. Our... Yeah. Yeah. So, me. if you fail that heartbeat, you don't get it. Right. Yeah. So, their first playthrough, I was playing with uh, Lauren's sisters who were in town, and um, I think one of them was playing, and they failed the quick time in there. So, we never even got the gun. Um, which I think is why 
Angela just comes like jogging out of the fucking bushes later on because if you do find the gun then it shows her as kind of like this sh- like you don't know it's her but it's like her silhouette up against a tree stump or something that makes her look like a demon and then you can either shoot or not shoot and uh yeah but we never even found the gun so i think since we never found it she just comes out like Whew, that was crazy it seemed like <laughs> it seemed like nothing good in general came from picking up the gun like at all no like because yeah. any of the yeah. interactions it was just inappropriate and it tanks the relationship between him and the older man too because yeah. the older man's like you had a gun like where did you find the gun right and he's like oh shit i've just been carrying this like and uh and it tanks that relationship stay strapped yeah like because that's what that, <laughs> my thought is right is that from the first game at least from what i remember it made sense to pick up every survival utility that you could pick up because I don't think that there was uh, a consequence to having any of that. There was like a rebreather that you could pick up, like a scuba thing that you could pick up. There was a gas yeah. mask that you could pick up. Um, Those would... things, yes. But it, I remember there was a knife you could grab, and if you weren't careful and they were exposed too long to the gas, then I think there's a run-in with one of the other characters, but you see them as a demon, yeah, and if right. you stab them, then you kill one of yeah. your own teammates. Nope, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, but you were right too, Dylan. You do want to pick up survival shit, like yeah, right. Mask. You just don't want to pick up weapons. But yeah. then you wanted and- to pick up the knife, right? Because that does play a part in one of the because it tells you this is a saving grace, like in one of the frames, right? That yeah, and it's like pick up the knife because you can actually get out of one of the demon grabbing sequences with it. Um, so it seemed like Honestly? that was a okay choice to make. I feel like the frames are a little disingenuous too because like yeah i just the they're just collectibles as far as i'm concerned like we got the bad ending and the bad ending is like him getting arrested because you shoot at the black guy mm-hmm. because you like think there's a demon oh, behind him right but yeah and so like you well, still get was... arrested if you don't do anything too well so uh well i think depending on other situations no because there's yeah. an ending where he directs you to a diner and like you just get to call for help, but right. we, got ar- we got arrested. But the white frame, um, there was a white frame that we found of him getting arrested and put in the cop car. So it's a white frame indicating like, okay, this is a good thing. I'm saving this life, but really we're getting the bad ending out of it. It's like a frame of the bad ending. Well, and the, Wasn't there a frame with a gun to his head too? I don't yeah, think we ever yeah, ran into yeah. that. Yeah, so that's a- another possible ending with the gun which i was hoping we would get on our second playthrough um where he does he like fucking shoots himself in the end at the fucking end of everything um but i think that may be only if you're like nice to vince and everybody dies right because then vince doesn't call the cops on you but you're still fucking depressed about your family and everything so you fucking shoot yourself from what i could read about it and people can correct me but there's three endings that i read about there was the bad ending, which is him shooting himself in the head. There's the alternate ending, which is what we got with him getting arrested. Um, and then there's the good ending, which is the one where he de- redirects you to the diner. And the good ending yeah. required him to be like, you have to be nice to Vince throughout the entire thing. No shooting at him. Use like calm, yeah. nice words with him. And then there were a couple of other predecessing events, like you can't burn down the church, like the with the doll, right? Like you can't emulate the doll. Um, 
and and a few other things that I was reading, but it seemed like there were only three primary endings that you could reach. I, I think there's like, yeah, ultimately, bare bones, there's three endings, and then depending on maybe some other things you do, I think there's there's five endings in total, but I think the possibilities for Andrew or whoever at the very end, I think there's only three. He gets arrested, he shoots himself, or he goes to the diner. That but there's sense. there's some like variability in there with what happens, and ultimately what happens with him is the same, but I think there's just some slight differences to the endings based on other decisions made or something like that. And the dude drops a hint, right, uh, the narrator at some point, and I think it's like the second cutscene you get with him that talks about, and I want to ask everybody in the group, you know, how um, pertinent this hint actually was because he talks about how you have to face all of your demons alone. Right. And it seemed like we lost a character because we had her cry out for help. Like in one of the sequences where she was being dragged away, there was an option of like asking the dude for help or crying out for help. And, an option of like i'll deal with this go yeah go i'll deal with it right every time after that event when we selected go we saved somebody right that event is the only character that we had not make it at the end so i'm wondering if that is significantly like important um to the grand scheme of things like if you actually have these people face their shit by themselves um, and they make it out of those encounters alive. I think it definitely um, is so significant. What, um, what I had issues with when you saved them at the end, I would get the achievement saying you saved them, but then they would still die. Yeah, I got one of those too, yeah. It was like, you oh, saved Taylor, to, and then like yeah. literally at the end of the cutscene, like as the achievement's fading away, she's fucking dead. And it's like, yeah. fucking did I? You gave brutally mur- <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, why did I get this achievement? She's dead. Yeah. So yeah, then it gave me the good ending since you guys said if he's at the diner, that's the good ending. So I thought I did the messed up ending because they died. Right. Yeah. So it seems yeah, like a lot confused. of those character interactions are are just. See, that's the part like when we came out of the first game, we all had a pretty succinct understanding of like what happens if you do or do not do things right like you kill characters yeah. in real life like the the your friends that came on the boat with you you can save all of them or you can kill some of them throughout these ghost encounters right yeah you can kill the people the mercenaries that were on the boat um that came after your group right and the pirates you mean? yeah yeah the pirates yeah, that, yeah. That, that followed you on the boat um, but ultimately, there was like this succinct ending of like these people either exfil off of the boat or they don't, right? Yeah. In this one, none of us seem to be able to come up with a succinct understanding of like why this happened or or the importance of these events. Like these people live throughout the entirety of the game, right? And mm-hmm. then you get to the end, and it seems like if they lived through their encounters if we're playing with the whole idea of him dealing with trauma, right? Like he has absolved that trauma for that particular character, right? They get a satisfactory ending and he's kind of absolved that, that piece of it. Right. Like, um, and moved on from that. Um, so 
Yeah, it's like he he's finally processed like what actually fucking happened to them, and he's able to move on from it. That, um, that's what it was, seems, but I have no idea that that's actually the case. Like it never gives. I think you... it, and I only think that because of something I was reading up on. Right, um, this thing I was reading up on, I just remembered this. It says to get like the best possible ending, you want to. First of all, it tells you not to fail any quick time event. And then it says you want to have everybody face their demons alone. And you want to make every decision that goes against each character's locked personality traits. Because you want to unlock those toxic traits. I don't know why, but like for some reason you want to like unlock their toxic traits, have them face their demons on their own. I think what it is is probably their toxic traits are why they don't want to face their demons on their on their own. And so like if you unlock their toxic traits and then you have them face their demons on their own, even though they die or might die, it sounds like a lot of the times if they don't like they face them on their own, they don't die. But somehow that helps you process the trauma of their real death back in the 70s. Well, I don't know. It's and, very and, and and that's an okay explanation, right? Like at least to yeah. me, right? That like if someone's dealing with trauma and dealing with these people passing away, right? And in a in a way that this is is a is a crazy hallucination um, of events, right? Like I could understand where that comes from, and I actually have something to corroborate that last statement that you were a little unsure on because when we ended our playthrough, we had the young girl die. Right, like at the Ooh. end, she was the only one we couldn't save. And when she died, it showed us that locked trait, right, that said like, something, yep. I can't remember what it was, but it showed us the trait that was locked. And Ooh. then she and then she gets dragged away by the demon at the end. Right. right. Like so I do see like you're having to do things that are contrary to um those are like their toxic traits yeah yeah in order so i i do get that 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 makes it a little bit more sense to me but i remember us leaving that interaction being like what the fuck like i don't i mean that was that was still a really poor way to do that from a gameplay perspective yeah the whole we got the characters all the way through everything they're just in a burning house they're all standing together in the same room they all run towards the same door and she just happens not to run out the door and then she gets drugged inside the house and it's like, all right, I feel like you could have maybe found a way to work this into the scene in a little more of an like cinematic way since the whole yeah. deal is it's like watching a movie. That right. was like watching somebody not do their part in acting in a role. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. There's also another inexplainable thing too. Like so in Daniel's vision when he first goes to Salem, he walks out the door and the priest comes in and walks through him like he's ethereal or ghost, you know. But if you guys remember in the bell tower, he grabs the rope when his double is falling. So that right, that right. was like poorly explained. Maybe you can't you can pass through people, but not objects. I don't know. You like, can only yeah. take, you can only um, rescue yourself, your past life. Maybe that's the only thing. Yeah, I yeah, think Kyle's on it. Like yeah. Had, yeah, they seem like they had trouble like sticking to a consistent rule set for what the story they were trying to tell was, or maybe like a consistent like. Even the narrative didn't always feel super consistent throughout. Like, right. Also, was, so, all of those fucking things that you had to do in the past life seem like double-edged swords. Sorry, Kyle, not to interrupt you. Get no, back to no, it. yeah, but they all seem no. bad. Like none of them seemed yeah. like an adequate response to like what you were doing. Right. Did everybody like um, 
So in the scene where John, back in the witch trial times, was getting crushed by the rocks, did anybody choose to call out Mary instead of try to help John? That's what I was going to ask, because I know Johnny did the nothing, like said nothing. Um, did it affect anything of how those people were being accused of being possessed? Yeah, like, it really seems like or? every time you intervene, it just makes it look like they're using fucking witchcraft, and so they and get I, like even more. I felt more horrible condemned, every time right? those people died in the yeah. past life. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Then they right. would have said like he's not possessed. Yeah, in the so if you do nothing, they all die, including uh, wow. Mary, the little girl. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Well, that makes I'm sense. You don't intervene on her behalf, but like, I'm curious, it, like if you were to like. like does it change anything about the trial? Like when they're accusing, when Mary like fakes having a seizure and stuff, does it change anything about that scene? Um, not really. Cause they still call out to you, even though you say nothing, they'll call out to you, but it looks like she's crazy talking to like a wall. Okay. So you just don't say anything. So they don't hear anything. And it still looks like they're crazy. Right. Which is, which is fucked. Right to me, uh, that's gonna wind yeah. me up a little bit because I'm like, it's true. why yeah. have these things, right? These entire scenes or interactive elements that are shit either way, right? Like, yeah. basically, you can't do anything other than other, the only component that it seems like you could do is determine whether or not that little girl dies, right? By interjecting yeah. with the council and talking to the priest and being like, hey, this is, or the dude who's caretaking for the girl, talking to him and being like, hey, this priest is fucking nuts. Like, take care of this, please. Like, and then he starts to interject on her behalf and ultimately makes it so that she doesn't die at the end, which is cool. I do like that part, but that was two scenes out of like the six that we got fucking in total for the witchcraft part. Right. Get the fuck out of here. Right, like that that does not to me make a good interactive element in a game where there's very little actual consequence or interaction that occurs from that. Like yeah, I, I would have liked it too if I we ignored that. that and it would have affected the priest so made the priest look more crazy. I think that would have been cooler if yes. you were saving him. Yes, Kyle, absolutely. Yes. Like if he would have like come out of that looking insane and you didn't have to interact on her behalf at the end because he just looks like this fucking asshole that's like burning people at the stake for nothing, right? Like that would have been cool. That that would have been a really cool way to tie that those consequences in, right? Cuz that's what and, we were th- cuz Ruby and I played together and that's what we were thinking that dark shadow was behind the girl in the beginning. We thought it was the priest, so we started trying to go against the priest. So, we, like, I don't know, did you guys take the doll with you when you were in that church, or did you burn, like, did you leave it alone? We left the no, doll alone. We left it alone. Yeah, Maybe. on ours, because yeah. I had done a little bit of reading, and I was like, this, I don't think any of the doll, like, results in anything good, because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you burn that doll in the church, they all die in a fire. Like together in the church, like Not at least. Oh, okay, no. So you no. burnt the doll. So the first playthrough, first playthrough, we just looked at the doll and left it alone. But then when the second group of people came through, like it was Daniel and Taylor who were trailing behind John and Andrew. Once they came through the church, the case was empty. Like the doll wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Second playthrough, we found the doll and we tried burning it. Um, and then when they came through again, 
can't remember exactly, but I feel like they could. The, the doll wasn't even on the ground. I, like burn because they like burn it and put it on the ground and it just kind of goes out. And then um, when Daniel and Taylor come in after they've already been through, I again I don't think the doll was even there burnt on the ground. <clears throat> so I don't know. I was it was it was confusing. Honestly, I came out of this game more confused than when I went in. <laughs> but um, like that being said, though, like I did enjoy playing through the game. Like first playthrough, it was always like very like you know creepy, very eerie. Didn't know what the fuck was going on. Very much felt like witch trials and occult shit going on, and that was cool, creepy fucking vibe and feeling. Um, more positives. Like we were we were talking a bit yesterday um, amongst ourselves off air. I think the graphics are a lot better on this game than they were in Man of Medan. I think a lot of us agreed there's a lot less of the Uncanny Valley when you're looking at the faces and stuff going on. It looks so much better. Yeah. It performs yeah, yeah. so much better. Yeah, like, it, it really does. It is a better overall experience. And we were playing it on an older Xbox, right? So, um, mm. like, hardware, same um, yep. all the way around. And it seemed to absolutely perform better um, than the other one. And the characters were more believable. I I liked um, a lot of the characters more in this game I than think, I did the other one because there was I only maybe the, one likable character. The dialogue, the dialogue between characters, like when one person would talk and then it would depend on a decision that you make of what they say next. I even feel like that was a lot smoother too. Like in Man and Medan, it was just like, okay, they ask you a question and you make a decision and then they just kind of blank stare for two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, guys, let's do that. So there's <laughs> this. I was reading, this, and I, th- I felt like that was a lot smoother in this one. I'm reading this thing really quick, and you can tell me if it's true. So in a guide here, I pulled up that fucking doll because I'm wondering about mm. it. So it said, if you decide, if you decide to burn the poppet, the pedestal will tip in the church and burn, killing everyone inside. We can assume, including Abraham and Mary. So during one of the scenes in the witch trial. Even though burning the poppet seems like the best choice, it still leads to the house oh. burning. Megan and Mary's deaths are perfectly cyclical, just like everyone else. Is what I the think that says. is if you burn the doll at the end of the game. Got it. So remember at the end of the game, it's like accuse the fucking dude or tell him to burn the doll or there's something wrong in this town. I think if you tell him to burn the doll at that point, that's probably when that happens. So it's interesting that that, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. See. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that they uh, they implement that a lot because I didn't even realize until just now. But at the very beginning of the game, the thing that burns down the house is the fucking doll that's next to the stove. It tips over, the stove lights it on fire, and it burns the fucking house down. So I didn't even put that together until we were just talking about it right now. So it's interesting that they keep implementing like the doll and wanting to set it on fire or something. Yeah, so that's the thing, though. The little girl definitely sets the doll on fire because a witch tells her to or some shit in that initial scene. Like, no, in the first scene, the doll just like tips in, over in the house fire. No, well, she puts no, it by but... that stove on purpose. She looks at yeah. the doll oh, and she sets it by the stove, and then gotcha, she, gotcha. yeah, absolutely. There's also talking about the gun here. It certainly can be useful at times, but the decision to pick it up can have devastating consequences if the player takes the gun. Uh, there will come a point in the low point chapter where there is the ability to shoot one of the demons choosing this will kill Angela. And yeah, then it talks about Angela right in the face. Yeah, and then it talks about having <laughs> the uh issue with Vince, the the yeah. uh older black gentleman that you 
come across and he's like uh yeah if you shoot at him um then it will ultimately damn that ending because he calls the police he's like what the fuck is going on here yeah yeah, yeah. you just shot at me bro yep yeah that's what he did to us yeah, yeah, I, dude, I, 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 fucking... of, I did the nice way i kept telling him to just leave us alone like i never shot i never found a gun either in the game what? That's real nice of you. You didn't shoot at him, but you just yelled at him a bunch. Get away from me! Want <laughs> <laughs> act more crazy? <laughs> I'm curious. Did, uh, did it, when you guys were in the museum, Kyle? Did Ruby go through uh, like a Salem trial while she was while Taylor was trapped in another room when Danny was trying to break in to the door? So what was that? I what we that did was so it's kind of hard because her and I we. She played on her own screen, and I played on mine, so uh, we both had our headphones on, so we couldn't hear each other. So we yeah. had to try to not... We had to try and explain things to each other so we wouldn't screen... Like, look at each other's screens to try and cheat on it. So we just went right. by each other's judgment. Gotcha. So I think... Yeah, because there's, a, there's a scene where Daniel is just trying to break down a door because he hears voices where Taylor's trapped in it. And yeah. uh, you don't see... You don't ever see what she saw. It's interesting that... You guys chose to like still do like co-op at home instead of movie night. No, the co-op okay, was I way funner. That's how that, I didn't know how that's how that works. What, movie night? Yeah, I just hadn't done that before. Yeah, you just, you just pass the controller around to each person who's whoever's playing. Like you each like pick characters at the beginning. If you have five, it's like one each. Otherwise, you just pick characters, and then as it comes up, they just say, you just pass the controller to them. And it plays it plays a lot more like a movie like that way, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. We're um, going to have to do a movie night really quick, maybe on a Monday um, when we all get together and see just how that works out because I'm actually interested in knowing yeah. how the two-player trials work, like um, Johnny was asking, I believe, and that, you know, if one person is... Because there's a point where the young girl and her boyfriend or supposed boyfriend. I can't ever remember what their names are, but they get split up and one of them is in a room. Right. Right. And he's trying to pound down the door and he's like, Oh shit. And then when you're playing as a single person, um, you just break through the door and she's like, Oh my God, I was grabbed by a ghost. Blah, 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 blah. Right. But it seems like you yeah. miss a scene there. This is the part that Johnny was just talking about earlier. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. Not to, I was yeah. asking Kyle. Yeah. Not to read. I feel like I do that. remember that scene, but I don't remember what happened as far as so, the, the gameplay. What scared you guys the most? Like, was there anything like any of those jump scares or anything that like popped out or stuck in your brain after having played this? The ghosts when fucking... they grab them, it just always got me. Yes, yeah, like the every time Mary or Megan would show up on screen. Yeah, that, that was definitely like... those are the big <laughs> ones for me too. Like, because besides that, it's really not that scary of a game. I feel like it's just mainly those jump scares. Then besides that, yeah. kind of just spooky. it just provides like a yeah creepy vibe. Yeah, um, I would I wouldn't necessarily say scared. It was just. You just know, like, you had a feeling like that little girl's gonna come screaming in my face, like, yeah. and just trying to get ready for it. Right? We made a we made a drinking game, and it was like one of the little girls, like, lifetimes. Her name is Megan, right? And so she'd pop up, and it would just be like Megan, like fucking Drake and Josh. And so every time we had a fucking Megan moment, we had to drink. And it's like every time anybody like was suspicious, is like, oh, it's fucking Megan, drink. <laughs> That would have been a good idea. We didn't make a drinking game or anything. We just fucking <laughs> plodded along. I did feel That's like funny. 
Oh, does anybody know if there's difficulties for it or anything? Because it felt almost a little too training wheel Z to have some of those quick time prompts pop up. Like it was, it was are. nice. It was nice to have, but like on subsequent playthroughs, I would rather not have that. I'd rather like get the surprise sometimes. Uh, to be Johnny, honest, did you, I've... Johnny? Did you play a solo campaign? Yeah, I played solo. Did it give you an option to choose difficulty? Nope. Yeah, then I wouldn't guess there is. I would think maybe for movie night it would just be like one solid, like not too hard difficulty that you could just get through in two and a half hours. But maybe on solo there would be like the place I would expect like a difficulty. What were you gonna say, Kyle? Yeah. I felt like the game wasn't like as difficult as our previous game. Like for me, I felt like it was it didn't like I I never got a heartbeat one in this one. I felt like the other one got what? a lot of heartbeat. Yeah, I never got a heartbeat. They're like I feel like they were a good amount in this yeah, game. Yeah, I feel like that too. I don't know if I was just playing it more the right the to do the, the good right story way. part, oh, yeah. the, like the good story part. But I didn't have any heartbeats that I know of on my side. I don't know about Ruby's side, but it was just more of a lot of you see that little thing and then you push the button or you just tap the button as fast as you can. That's all I had the whole time. Right. Interesting. There were like, well, there were also like you know you didn't get one in the, the initial scene. In the intro, where you're in the house and the house burns down, you didn't yeah, get one like with when the you dad talk to and the, the dad when he's sitting on the couch. Yeah, no, that was probably on Ruby's side. Yeah. Oh, so oh. was she playing 1970s eyebrows? Yeah, what were you doing during that scene? Oh, I played as the as the main character in the beginning. So yeah. I I stepped outside when like everything was going crazy. So she was the one playing as the other characters inside the house so she played as the dad when he was on the couch so what? i what hmm. so Wait, she so would play you were as, playing you were playing as the kid with the eyebrows yes okay and she was playing as the dad she was playing as all the other characters so she plays the dad and the sister and yeah like, okay. so when it was what? a time when the house Weird. was on fire she got i told her to like try and climb down so she got to choose if she can run back inside the fire or try and climb down. So that's how she got to decide either she can burn alive or we didn't know she was going to die. Right. So then that's how she hung herself. And then the same way where she was up on the roof, she controlled that part too. So she basically did all the death scenarios inside the beginning. Interesting. But they had like done more with that... Um mechanic in the beginning where if they died a different way in the house they died a different way and like had a different type of demon because like there's the one for the girl like you said if she could either be lynched or she could burn to death in the house and that changes what she or her demon looks like but that's the only one find it interesting they only did that with one of them yeah that would have been a way to make that interesting a little more fruitful like it would have been more interesting to me otherwise it's just like watching people burn to death it's like okay right yeah so it's interesting because so her death is the literal only real thing in the game that you can actually change. Yeah. How did you how did you guys lose her? Like everything else she... is hallucination. How do we lose Taylor? Yeah. Like for me, the way how I lost her was we had to make a choice between saving um the guy or her. So they were both being attacked by their spirit. So we saved him and then she got her neck snap because but hers like just killed her by like grabbing her with her tongue and just like snapped her neck. So we made the wrong choice because he had the knife in his pocket where we could have went for her. Right. Um honestly don't remember how we ended up losing Taylor because there's like 
in my playthroughs at least, there were like two or three close calls with her before she actually even died. And so I can't actually remember how and when she actually died. I think in our first playthrough, she made it through most of the way to the end before she died. And maybe she was the one who got trapped in the house and got by her demon. That's how we lost her. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we only played through one time. And it was, we got her all the way to the end. And um, she died at and the she end. And she's trapped and attacked by yep. the demon, yeah. Yeah, and she wasn't hung or anything. The drag- the um, demon just drags her away. Well, yeah, the, de- the sure. demon that we got, uh, since she got set on fire, it sets her on fire. Oh. Hmm. I, the, one thing, the deaths were definitely a lot more fucking brutal in this one. Yeah, <laughs> they were. Like Daniel's. Did you guys get Daniel's death with the fucking... Like yeah. metal with stakes the, through his right fucking his eye. Abs and that was fucking, yeah. yeah, that was brutal. Um, the only two that died. I saved the teacher, um, the guy, and the older lady. One, I saved both of them. They fought theirs with no problem. That's because I'm good at pushing the buttons. Ruby is not yeah. good at aiming, so she got both those two, the other two killed because she can't aim. I know it was honestly really tough playing with um, Lauren and her sisters, just because they don't play as many video games, and so like. They just were like missing all the quick time events and stuff, and it's just like, just like, I could do it if you want. <laughs> like, if you want to, just, I could just push the buttons and then yeah. hand it back. It's like maybe they'll live. I don't know. I really want to, <laughs> please. Um, you guys don't understand. I'm gonna have to sit through this for another four hours on my own because you keep fucking things up. <laughs> right? Exactly. I'm going but to have no, to no, do no. this again. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it, it was interesting because we still ended up getting like a decent ending like he didn't get arrested and he didn't shoot himself in the head he was just sad and crazy (laughs) was he at the diner um vince comes and tells him about the diner okay Um, oh yeah because he he was at the house yeah there's like an even slightly better ending where he doesn't end at the house he ends someplace else. goes to the diner i think so yeah yeah interesting there's uh there's an achievement that i got for killing everybody at the very end, and the description of it says Andrew was saved from himself, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Wait. So, how did yours end, Johnny? With uh, doing saying nothing and uh, I still got arrested. Okay, you still got arrested. So I, for some reason, I thought you would have just shot yourself if you didn't like do anything. I didn't get the gun because I failed the heartbeat to go in there. Wow. Why did you get arrested? Don't know. Just because I wasn't answering him when he was pounding on the church, maybe? Fucking I don't know. Weirdo. Get the cops on him. <laughs> Officer, this man over here hasn't said anything to me all day. <laughs> well, He's talking to himself and to other people that aren't there. and That makes sense because everything I read it said that you had to like interact with him in order to get the good ending. right? So it was like you had to be pleasant with him or whatever yeah. in order to... Did you, did you drink with him, Kyle, when he gave you a drink? Yeah, I did. Okay, we didn't. Maybe that's that's a key part too. So another thing, another inconsistency I've just thought of with the supernatural slash like psychological dynamic that they have going on is the fog. Because the yeah. I, eyebrows dude, the guy who's like a real person actually alive, walks into the fog and still comes back out in the town. Still, like I think that's just him being crazy and not like wanting to leave. Because he was... I want this stuff explained better. No, yeah. Like, I want... uh, So, so far, we've bitched about this game kind of a lot. There's two things that I think, like, out of all the bitching that they could really improve on for this one that has already come out. 
But that yeah. would be like more impactful choices. Having the choices actually impact more of like how the game like finishes, more of the outcomes, and then also just like having either legit supernatural, a legit supernatural component woven into the story, or yeah. a like better explanation of the psychological trauma and how it yeah. relates to the supernatural tilt. I think that's really what it was. I probably would have been less upset that it wasn't actually supernatural if I had just gotten like a little bit more. It's like they were doing Shutter Island and left out like the part that explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like what? Just left scratching your head. That's you just suddenly get thrown on the back of, the... of a cop car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um Yeah. It, yeah, man. It, it, it was a good game. It just definitely it, it, it was not as good as the first one story-wise. It played better. It was it, as a, as an experience. It was a better experience, but the story was a little lackluster. I think. Off yeah. mic, I want you guys to, if you get some extra time, watch a quick playthrough on YouTube of Until Dawn, if you haven't already, oh, yeah. or if you haven't had any experience with that game, and then talk to me about it after the fact because that game is, I feel like, what it should be right in these yeah. anthology series when it comes to like ha you don't have to have windigos ripping people's heads off and shit right but there was there's a psychological element with the brother in that and i'll leave it at that and then there's also a fucking supernatural component which is windigos are actually real right like that right. and so that part is something that i've found struck a good balance between yes. the two of them yeah. like actual suspense and then if you killed these wendigos like there were consequences to that as well like you could actually kill the wendigos like they weren't Wait, what the hell is a wendigo can a, you explain a you wendigo keep just saying this word is, over and over a wendigo is like a demon right and okay. it's, it's in from navajo or like indian culture right where um and i'll have to actually look up the definition but i'm not entirely sure what where like they come from it's from cannibalism. Like somebody got it. partakes in cannibalism and then like your soul it's like, like supernatural into a demon. being yeah. yeah, belonging to spiritual traditions of uh Algonquin speaking First Nations in North America. Um, Wendigos are described as powerful monsters that have the desire to kill and eat their victims. In most legends, humans transform into Wendigos because of their greed or weakness is what mm. it comes from. So interesting. Interesting. So and that's another thing, yeah. Like I, I don't want another Scooby Doo reveal at the end of the next one. I really <laughs> yeah. do want like a certain amount of paranormal element to these stories. Otherwise, right. it really is less interesting to me. I don't know why, but it's all that's in his fair. head. Only works so many times. Like you're right. I know. No, I think we're all like in agreement. Though they need to make sense with their story. Like it was a fun story, but you left with more questions than anything at the end than yeah, like exactly. them ever giving you any answers. Like, honestly, I was way more invested. They should have just stuck with the witchcraft thing for sure, man. Like, I was super invested in the whole witchcraft thing. I And for a while there, I was like, you know, I was like taking notes while I was playing through it. The first time I was like, got this whole like multi-dimensional or like multi-timeline thing going. It's a really cool like twist. And it just was like, ended up being a crazy dude at the end. And I was like, man, stick with the multi-dimensional timeline stuff. That's cool. Seriously. <laughs> Like, it would have been so cool to be walking through this town that's, like, slipping in space-time or some shit. Yeah, like, like, you you could literally change the witch trials to have a better outcome like, in the future. Like, that's yeah. that fucking cool. Like, I don't know. Um, and, like, 
Because they could do more with that trope. They didn't do a lot with the whole, like, don't do anything. It was always like, don't shoot. But, like, they yeah. could have done a little more with that with those, like, flashbacks. You know, don't do anything. And all of a sudden, Mary is less credible as a witness. And that has right. And that's later. That's what I was wondering, too. It's like, if you don't fuck up, you know, what they're doing with the rocks crushing Witch John, and you confront Mary, does she speak out? And does she now look fucking crazy like she's talking to ghosts? And now their focus, the focus is on her? Or, like, that's what I was trying to ask earlier, but it doesn't sound like there's any way around them fucking dying. What's the play? So seriously, yeah, yeah, man, it, it, definitely a little lackluster on the story, but I'm looking forward. I read the description for the new one um, that just came out, House of Ashes. We should do that it, on here really quick. Yeah. Give it a little bit. Yeah, of I'll a, do that. A little bit of a boost. So this one, yeah, it just came out this year, October 2021. It's called House of Ashes. Um, a military unit searching for chemical weapons unearthed something far deadlier. In the ruins of a buried Sumerian temple deep beneath the Arabian desert, something evil is awakened. Savage and unstoppable, a nest of ancient and unearthly creatures has found a new prey to hunt. Horrific discoveries and impossible decisions face the unit as they strive to navigate a subterranean labyrinth and escape the terrifying threat. They will each prioritize their own survival or put aside their fears and their personal rivalries to fight together as one. That just makes me think that the chemical weapon is fucking. I know. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, man. It's Agent Orange the entire time. It makes him trip balls. Yeah. Uh huh. That's like what I was thinking. I was like, okay. As soon as I read chemical weapons, I was like, man of Medan again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, yeah, that man. Is not encouraging. I'm hoping that it's. Then again, it's in like a buried Sumerian temple, so like you know, man, you know, hallucinating inside the temple. The I first one was on a ghost ship. Yeah, the second one was in a fucking spooky witch town, and there ain't no <laughs> witches to be found. So you know, we'll have to see how that works out because I have a hard time believing that any of that is gonna yield. But you know what? Yeah. Fucking surprise me, right? Because at the same Seriously. time, like I enjoy the act of playing these games enough to play the next one right just simply and you know i i can balk about story exactly all day, but i i do enjoy I, I love the structure of the game i love the decision-based fucking thing i love the quick time events i love the different endings that you can get um and yeah like you said because of that i'll definitely keep playing these games with the hopes of a really cool story woven in there too um and honestly they they do have like a you know just kind of a, some gameplay on the front of this website here and it looks like it's some pretty sick gameplay um it shows some of the monsters and, you know. Is that launching on current-gen consoles or is that next-gen consoles? Uh, PS4, PS5, Steam, Xbox One, and then it looks like the new Xbox. Perfect. Yeah. PS4, Xbox One, and then new-gen consoles. But, um, I mean, it looks pretty cool, man. Definitely wanted to check it out. I don't even think we necessarily need to wait a whole year to play this one if we didn't want to. Um but that also depends on how available it is on Game Pass and everything, too. So, Yeah, and maybe a price reduction. If we see it come up in one of the months and it's on sale, we may end up um, signal boosting it a little bit, trying, yeah, to, trying to play it. Because I really do like the theme, the running theme of, uh, you know, doing the Man of, or the um, Dark Pictures Anthology games in general. So I yeah. do, do enjoy doing that, for sure. You know, it's uh. So, can you guess how you know eyebrows was kind of like the front man on this one? Can you guess who like the random, semi-popular actor actress is that's in this next one? Jason Statham. Danny DeVito. 
Danny DeVito. <laughs> that would be amazing. And I was blasting. Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale, what? Yeah. I think she must be one of the main characters or something. It just shows her on here. Be interesting. Well, yeah, man, I'm definitely Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. <laughs> that one, would, for some reason, that would be like less surprising. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> exactly. Who is this uh, Ashley Tisdale chick? Who are you? What have you been in? <laughs> what was your? I, let me pull up your IMDb page. Old school Disney stuff. Yeah, it looks like it. It's it's it, it yeah, builds. Yeah, we, hold on, can we take a step back? Pull up her what page, Dylan? IMDb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Stumble, you stumbled over that. I did that. stumble over that. <laughs> you can that one back for me. And... <laughs> Don't worry, it won't I be there. It won't be there after editing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> high school, high school musical, scary movie, yeah. Aliens in the Attic, Phineas and Ferb. But you know what's funny is the Dark Pictures anthology is the most recent thing she's done, and it's the highest build thing Damn. on her well, uh, yeah. IMDb page. <laughs> Put your fucking bag. She was Put in Skylanders Academy, bro. Oh, hell yeah. And Charming. That one. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Evan, after you've heard us kind of talk about it, what is, what's your kind of opinion of the game here? Would you want to play it? Like, do you think you will play no, it? Not particularly. No. Yeah. I'm kind of glad yeah. I started out, to be honest with you. Yeah, the mechanics really... Uh, like, if I... Like, knowing that it would have been a bad story up front, like, if I was in your position, I wouldn't really want to play it either. Like, the mechanics wouldn't be enough to get me to want to play it again. Um, but... I don't think I'll give up on the anthology. I still have right. hope. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, because like Dylan was saying, um, you know, the... I'm sorry, what what was the title they put out for PlayStation, Dylan? I keep wanting to call it Dead by Daylight, but I know that's not right. It's Until, Until Dawn. Yeah. Until Dawn, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that one looks really cool and it has a lot of super you know, uh, late elements to it as far as supernatural things go and that that's what i'm looking for is like a true horror game i enjoy psychological right. horror but you know give me some horror mm-hmm. there's a scene in that game in particular that is like a fucking saw movie right where uh someone's strapped to a wall and they have this like fucking circular saw blade coming at them Right, and there's choices that happen at that at that junction. The shit it, it is one of the cooler yeah. games of the series. Watch a playthrough yeah. of that. Like I'm sure there's like a hour hour and a half long playthrough that you can watch of that game with like super cuts of these decisions. Right, right, um, right. That that is totally worth it. That that game in particular is very cool. Um, so the whole supernatural element in this next one seems to be. Uh, a good hook for me at least to come back yeah. to that um they right. better not be fucking lying about it, it better if not they do, be a chemical fucking weapon i will man. rage i will rage yeah if it <laughs> is fucking dying if it's fucking agent orange again on a boat i'm gonna be you. so pissed that was a good no, this one's agent orange in a cave man it was a good trick to pull the first time it was a yeah. tired trick to pull on the second one hopefully yeah. it's not a trick they pull on the third one Seriously, the first one I was totally fine with it because it was just a good fucking twist, and you know the gameplay and the story in between was was good enough that I didn't even care that they duped me. Really, it was a cool twist. Um, but yeah, the second one, I was man, it was like man, just a bit of a letdown. I really like the witch, the witchy vibe, the time travel vibe. But yeah, I mean, I encourage you guys to go watch the trailer. Let me know what you think of this next one, House of Ashes, because it does look like it's 
um, like it's gonna be pretty cool. Well, the last uh, yeah. picture frame that you find in this one is actually for that too. Yeah, yeah. it's a, a the Easter gold egg. one that you get. Yeah, yeah. And they did that in Man of Medan too. We played this one, so you guys didn't have to. There you go. <laughs> and the next one's already out, so you can play it and uh, you know email us your opinions before the next podcast. You know, if it's on Games Pass or something, play it. I'm sure because the first one made it yeah. on the Games Pass, it'll probably make its way over there eventually. It's worth playing through for the fun of it. With a group I don't know. Setting, Honestly, but... uh, the uh, Little Hope never actually made it onto Game Pass. It just went on sale. I think their strategy was put the first one on Games Pass so it's free for a bunch of people to play, and they get like the idea of like what this anthology is going to be, and then from there on out, we're going to sell them as main title games, maybe put them on sale here and there. We'll, but... s- we'll see it oh. in six months of this one yeah. being out, this new one, to see if it True. actually makes it to, um, makes it to Games Pass games or whatever. Pass, but, yeah. Yeah. If it does, play it because it's interesting. Yeah, but it's and not. you know if if Little Hope goes on Games Pass, go ahead and give that a playthrough too because it is like we said, it's a better game like experience. You know, as far as the mechanics and everything, uh, graphics are great and the story is pretty cool. And um, maybe you'll get an ending that we didn't get that's you know slightly cooler in some way or another. But cool. Well, I think we're about wrapped up on our first portion of the podcast here. Yeah, guys. I think yeah? we're yeah. I think we're there. Um, sure. I, I guess we don't really need to ask if you would or wouldn't buy it. I mean, because we already kind of did buy it. But um, if I had to suggest people to buy it, I wouldn't. I would. I, I would suggest, watch a playthrough of this one, and I would buy the the third one because it sounds like I would it's say like yeah, if you're interested, wait for catch it to it. go on Games Pass. I would catch it on sale. I was still entertained the whole time I was playing it. Just yeah. not as happy as I could have been with the ending. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to put it. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take our little break here. Dylan, hit him with the trap music, and we'll hit you with the second half. Just a few here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you, everybody. Dylan, thank you for your beautiful trap music, as always. Uh, welcome back to the... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> welcome back to the second half of our show here. You know how we do it at this point. We go through the game in the first half, and we're going to hit you with some, uh, you know, just kind of general topics and stuff, discussion topics in the second half. I think Justin uh, won our first topic of the day today, so why don't you take it away, my friend? Hey, man. It's not winning. It's just what we want to talk about. What we want to talk about today is what was our favorite all-time arcade game to play. So, Evan, being the resident historian of the table, I'm curious what your favorite arcade game of all time was. Resident Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I listed a few here. So, like, as a kid uh, in the arcade... You know, for me, I was I loved Dragon's Lair. I don't know if you guys is that are like familiar you with that have at all. to go through and do a bunch of quick time events and shit like that, or am I pretty much? Yeah, yeah. Um, is it so, really hard? Yes. So, um, what was really 
interesting about uh, this game and the reason it looks so beautiful at a time when uh, graphics were sort of in their beginning um, is that it, so and what it actually ran off of was um, like a laser disc that was in the machine, right? So essentially you were watching like a, you know, an early sort of form of a DVD a movie. or something like that. An arcade mm-hmm. movie. And uh, uh, when, so the way they made it work is you, uh, as you were watching the movie, basically, um, a very rudimentary quick time event would uh, pop up, which would be uh, a direction, uh, w- one of the eight that you get in a traditional joystick um, would flash on that side of the screen, right? So you get a little flash to the left or the right. And you had, you know, whatever, milliseconds to do these directions. And the way it worked is if you hit a direction, then it would move to the next track. Or um, if you didn't, then it would go to like a death track, you know, and that kind of thing. And as a kid, you, we, we, we didn't understand how it worked. All we knew was, man, this looks incredible, you know, uh, but it was designed to eat your quarters. Like you're going to spend a fortune uh, playing that game. That's what I've heard. I've heard that that one's like fucking ruthless. Like the quick time events are just like instantaneous and like not obvious. So you're just constantly dying in stupid ways and shit. And it's like frustrating. Yeah, but I loved it, especially uh, just the magic of it, of knowing. First off, I've always liked any sort of fantasy type setting. Um, and I was at the perfect age, uh, when that came out, you know, or when it was popular in the arcades, I don't know about the release, but, um, probably seven or eight years old. And, um, what's fascinated by this thing and how amazing it looked, not understanding that it wasn't actually graphics. It was hand-drawn animation. I wonder, like, I, I, I seriously wonder about your arcade experience compared to ours. Because I feel like it has to have been different. Because we caught the tail end of like there still were dedicated arcades and malls, and like you could go in there and they would be busy on a Saturday afternoon. But I feel like we caught the tail end of it as like malls were dying and shit. Like like we we caught it when like we would mostly go to the arcade when we were going to like Boondocks or something. Our generation was the death of Middle America, right? Where malls were shutting down, like all that shit was just not. You know, like it, the arcade was the last thing left in a mall, generally. Yeah, like that literally. was, you know, like the Westminster well, Mall real. to be exact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. I mean, the same thing that killed malls killed the arcades, and it was the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Ease of um, access, you can get all your games on your fucking console at home. Well, mm-hmm. and the uh, the graphics improving as well because mm-hmm. what you had at home on your console. Uh, was nothing compared to what you could go play at the arcade. Very true. Right, as far as new titles coming at. Um, Especially once sort of we ran into the era of like Mortal Kombat and uh, Street Fighter and that kind of thing. Your console couldn't do what an arcade machine could do. Uh, And the light gun era of consoles, or the light gun era of... um, arcade as well getting to like interact with it in that way like i remember the end of the light gun era 
right with like time crisis and duck hunt and like shit like that where they were trying to get it in mm-hmm. home consoles and didn't necessarily work super well with that kind of thing like well it was just the graphics and also you're shooting at a smaller screen so the light gun the the just the very nature of how it works it bounces the light back uh and that's how it's registering you yeah. know the, the shots and tracking them uh but no going to the arcade when i was a kid was it was like walking into a fantasy world the feeling that i would get going into an arcade was a lot like the same feeling i got walking into say like a carnival you know or or six flags or something like that as a kid it was exciting it's really exciting right so much shit to do all of it i want to do it's all so much fun overload too yeah all these people and sounds and you've only got you know my pops only gave me five dollars like gotta make this count right um so they were awesome and as an adult uh one of the first jobs i had uh was working for uh namco and uh, i would build and repair coin operated machines like i've built dance dance revolution games tekken coin pushers Claw games, pinball machines, you name it. Like that's I've dope, dude. I never knew that. That's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so honorable mention probably goes out to NBA Jams. I uh, loved playing that. Really, all of the four player, uh, any kind of four player. Shakalaka. <laughs> He's on fire. <laughs> it's so much fun playing that. Uh, which is going to seem odd once we talk about uh, types of games that we hate. Uh, but, um, all a game of all time. So the question was as a kid, right? So probably dragon's layer was the first thing that came to mind that I was just oh, no, overwhelmed all time, with. All time is good, but all time Marvel versus Capcom two. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. A good one, right? That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't was. tell you how much I played that when I, when that was popular, um, is when I was working for Namco. So I would, we would go to the arcades after it closed at the mall, and we would invite five or six people over. We put games on free play. Hell yeah! And dude. Go them, right, because the mall rad. would the mall would stay open like another three or four hours after yeah. it technically closed, right? Um, and that's what we would do. And uh, we, uh, my cousins and I, um, pitched in and bought a Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast when it came out, just so we could get the console port of Marvel vs. Capcom two. Hell yeah, that's cool. A yeah. lot of, a lot of fond memories of that one. But uh, yeah, those are my, that's my pick. Awesome. Yeah, that was an excellent answer, dude. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh, Johnny, sure. you go next. Well, mine's mine's Good gonna luck be pretty following boring. that up, but yeah. <laughs> um, so usually I have like a group of people with me. So like, if I go to Dave and Buster's, I'll always go to like. Uh, the four-player Pac-Man. That one's really fun. If you guys haven't yeah, tried that, that is fun. Yeah, uh, that and Connect Four. But uh, any any arcade whatsoever, I usually just default to Ski Ball. Ski Ball is my game. <laughs> nice. That was one of my that was one of my like backup answers. If nobody took it, Ski Ball. Yeah, I just you always default to that. You're an asshole because you just took two of the ultimate classics, though. Pac-Man <laughs> and Ski Ball. Who do you think you are? I can take another one too. I usually go to the hoops that move back and forth, the basketball hoops. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hell yeah. So, I, I have a question for everybody who grew up in Brighton then. Uh, 
is your primary memory of four-person Pac-Man at La Placita? Yes. Dude, you know what's funny? I um, never played four-person Pac-Man at La Placita, but I played the fuck out of that machine by myself. I fucking... Uh, yeah, dude. Well, so, same, because my family didn't want to play with me. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I was, I was, like, I was remember... Family. I know, I was like... Yeah. You can do this with more than one person? What is I just always look at that other joystick like can't be real. Just play my fucking life. Never heard of it. Uh, the first time I played four person Pac-Man was in Boulder. What was the arcade bar in Boulder? Press play or one off. Press or play. Yeah. Press play, that's the one. Yeah, they had the the new like four person Pac-Man in Boulder at Press Play. That one was really cool. I like that. You were gonna say more, Johnny? What's up? I I, I just remember uh like the claw machines that we used to play at the, uh, what is that? The wagon wheel, the skating rink. Oh, fucking wagon wheel, dude. Yeah. Well, don't fuck yourself what... if you were going to pick a practical machine, because Johnny's got them all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you, do you got any tips for like the thousand point shot on the ski ball? Uh, keep trying. So <laughs> <laughs> you get a rhythm. Prepared. <laughs> Four rolls and quarters. That's <laughs> awesome. Those are some great picks in there, though. Ski ball is fucking amazing. Hell yeah! Any, anybody a got one. a memorable high score? Has anybody ever tried just throwing it straight in like that movie? <laughs> they they have the cage on the front. <laughs> the only no, but I've seen people uh, stand at the side of the machine. Yeah, and just chuck like, it up there. And dunk balls son in. of a bitch! You know, yeah, that's not fun. The only yeah, machine that I ever got like a memorable high score on, I don't know if you guys remember this machine, but it was the one where it was like a um blocks that would that would go side to side and then you'd have to stop the blocks and then stop the blocks on top of them and then oh, so yeah. you're building a stack. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like a reaction time game. I think they still have it at Dave and Buster's, but that was the only yeah, one yeah. that I could ever get any kind of I, high score on. I actually did have the high score on the fucking Laplacita Pac Man machine for a little while. That's some good old was it was it ass? Yeah, Did you put ass on there as your as your name? I don't remember what I put <laughs> my name. But I did, dude. I fucking got that. Like my parents would go to the table and I'd be like, I need like five minutes, okay? Like I'm on something here. Like, That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, dude. They'd get mad at me as fuck. Um, um Well, Lane, it sounds like yeah. you're a Pac-Man god. What else did you play? Yeah, dude, Pac-Man was definitely my top pick. I literally had the first four memo- uh, levels memorized. I could do them with my eyes closed. Fucking, yeah, yeah <laughs> that shit was sick. I had it on my phone, too, and I would just play it in class in my pocket because I didn't need to look at the fucking screen. I could. I had the fucking Why? levels memorized. I don't know, man. Why? I don't know. That's fucking wanted to do it. I was like, yeah, I'm bored. Let's see how far I can get without looking. <laughs> um... Another one is Time Crisis. I fucking loved Time Crisis, dude. Um, and funny enough, I got really into Time Crisis in high school at the fucking movie theater when they still had the little arcade section. Son of a bitch, you stole my arcade game. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Fucking Time Crisis is so sick. Like, all you got to do to reload is, like, you know, go into cover. So yep. it's, and you don't even need to go into cover. You can just fucking... And then they added a they added a foot pedal too fucking, for cover. Yep, you remember that's all that back in the day? Yeah. That's, oh my god. And dude, once you had that fucking pedal, all you had to do was press it. You didn't need to go into cover. You just like just fucking fuck dudes up, dude. I fucking love Time Crisis. You're like a little ten year old John Wick as it's like going down the hallway and shit, and you're like pop 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 reload. Literally tossing the fucking mags out. Fucking 
dude, hell yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but since I t- I like I was only thinking like video games when we were thinking arcade games, and then Johnny said skee ball, yes. and uh, that kind of opened it up for me. I was also really good at kind of in Dylan's vein, but the timing games, mostly with the lights. Like the one where the lights would go around the table and you had to fucking yeah, stop the it on like, the jackpot. Looking one. Yeah, or or the uh, stand up one where you had to stop it at the prize you wanted to win or something. I was also pretty damn good at those. Um, and I like doing those a lot too. I can see um, that. Yeah, this is a good topic, man. I fucking little trip down arcade memory lane here. This is cool. I can see a little kid lane just standing there. Like, there's four people around the circle, and you're like hoping <laughs> the person to the left of you doesn't like fuck you over because you're yeah, he, he literally, dude, literally. <laughs> but I'd sit there in boondocks, dude, and I like you know how when you start really racking up tickets, they just start folding themselves on the floor. I'd just be at that fucking machine, just pop. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that Hello Kitty pencil eraser. You got I'm gonna get my lamp. No, it was the lava lamp for sure. And there I got we that go. fucking lava lamp. Fuck I yeah. got that fucking lava lamp. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when Evan mentioned people standing to the side of the ski ball machine just dunking them in. Like that <laughs> motherfucker's just trying to pay ten fifty for trying a lava to get lamp. the teddy bear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Well, Dylan, I want to hear you go on a time crisis tirade then. <laughs> I love time crisis. I so. I got a early love of like light gun shooters because my mom used to play the shit out of house of the dead. Right. Like that was her favorite fucking light gun game. So as a young kid, I got to play like scary zombie games because my mom was standing next to me and it was two player (laughs) and you could play that game. Um, Time crisis all the way through. I think there were four of them in total. All of them had very different, iterations so i really really liked the time crisis games but i actually came i didn't really think about it too hard until i started looking at a list and there were two honorable mentions on here that um i wanted to give and kyle this is going to be a trip down memory lane for you um fucking hydro thunder yes yeah, yeah. that's a good one hydro I thunder love that. was one of my favorite arcade Hell games yeah. and we I only played it maybe in an arcade once or twice, but when Kyle and I were growing up, we had a, a Dreamcast at Grandma's house, right? And we played Hydro Thunder on Dreamcast fucking constantly. Hell like that yeah. was our favorite favorite game. Um, and then the other honorable mention was I don't want to I don't want to leave Hydro Thunder yet. I want to uh, Hydro. Hydro. We need to say another one of my, That was another one of my alternative answers too, because that was a game that I remember in like in like summer camp as a kid, and you get your Boondocks mm-hmm. day. Hydro Thunder was one of the games that had a fucking line all day long. Like, that yep. so cool, that man. Game. Like that was an absolute banger. That was a solid arcade game. Um, Hell yeah, one hundred percent. Hydro Thunder was like on the next level as far okay. as uh, arcade racers go. It was yes. one of those ones that you could feasibly finish too. Like you could finish yeah. a whole race together, right? For yeah, whatever yeah. you paid to get onto the arcade machine. So it wasn't like a Ridge Racer where it was so fucking hard that right. you couldn't complete a race. Like that one was one of those ones that you could get good at. You know, and it had, like, I looked forward to to going to Grandma's house. That's <laughs> <laughs> we stayed entertained. Yeah. It was uh, uh they had a solid port of Hydro Thunder to the Nintendo 64. Yeah, we as played, well. we played it uh, on it was Dreamcast. A solid port. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can awesome. own a Hydro Thunder machine 
um, for twenty five hundred dollars. We all need so, to chip in on a hydro thunder saw, machine as soon as someone gets the house. This. Yeah, I just saw this on fucking uh, Time Crisis Five machine. Seventeen point five thousand dollars. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, but then again, that's we'll like that's the, that's the huge. That's like the two screens <laughs> with both gun setups. Like it's it's like a, the big fucking legit fucking game. But yeah, dude, I just thought it was funny that you noted that as twenty five hundred. But hell yeah, dude, definitely we could all we could we could figure out a way to fucking like link those together, like Hydro Thunder Live. You know what I'm saying? Like I, could. I think that one's as it is, but you can get a. Um... A refurb, like a one that's been completely refurbished, uh, with like an HP screen, uh, right? So it's it's basically the same setup, but the screen is almost four times the size of the original arcade game. It doesn't have the big um, center console, right? Right, right. Got you. Uh, it's six thousand if you want. Six thousand. Hell, man. We Let's just buy a warehouse, happen. guys. Let's just buy a warehouse, and then I'll chip in on fucking dope-ass arcade games and put in there. There we go. Yeah, I, I think that that needs to be arcade how Arcade games, goes. sponsor us. Please. Yes, please. please. Uh, we, know you, we know you don't have any money to sponsor with, but it's okay. It's, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I know it's a struggling industry. Don't get old machines. Evan can fix them up, and then we can use them. And <laughs> before, you, before you do your other runner-up, I want to run through Kyle and I's answers, just in case it just in case anybody's answer gets uh, snatched again. No problem. Yet. So, Kyle, you've been sitting over there looking morose. I can see you going down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a nice sunny walk. There was one that actually came up to mind for me. Um, back at the roller ring. So there was this, there was that um, Asteroids. And it was a two-player oh, yeah. one with you and your friend. You had that little ball as a little mouse to move the ship. But made it ten times harder to try to avoid those those asteroids coming after you. So I always thought that was like one that I always loved because it was a lot of fun to play that one. But for top tier for me, it's going to be that old school arcade X Men, where it was a four player. And yes, good. Your friends yeah. just had to team up, beat him up. I, I always played as Nightcrawler because yeah, he was yeah. like the coolest one. So Is that the one that, that one, had Cyclops in it too, and yeah. and yep. Storm, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was actually playing that in the one up the other day. We uh we took the girls uh down there and they had that and they also had turtles in time. Oh shit. Oh sick. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Kyle, but we had Turtles in Time on the Dreamcast, I believe. We played that Ninja Turtles game together. Maybe it was Nintendo sixty four. I had one on the oh, NES. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Yeah, we pay we played Turtles in Time a lot. <laughs> was Turtles in Time a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game? Multiplayer, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Four Turtles game. Was, yep. was it the side scroller beat 'em up? Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. The Simpsons did one too. That was really good. That one was fun. That's right. Yeah. Another arcade place that I always loved because the machines were just yeah, and you got tickets easily. Was that Casa Bonita? A little arcade section <laughs> up top. <laughs> yep. Any of those machines, you could just break them to get overdose of tickets. You can go there to this day. Well, at least as of a year or two ago. And the arcade machines in that little arcade are the same ones that we played oh, as yeah. children. Yep. Like, the skee-ball machines are ruined. Like, there's no way you could play. Like, 
And yes, to listeners out there questioning right now, Casa Bonita is a real place in Colorado. It's not just off South Park. So <laughs> South Park is buying it too. So is so is Waterworld yep. too, if you're wondering. Yep, Waterworld yeah. is also <laughs> <a place>. <laughs> <laughs> accurately the represented both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Eat the banana. <laughs> you're, before, you're gonna have to drink of the pee. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go whole hog into your article, Dylan, I have my favorite all-time game from an arcade. It's the only arcade game that I've ever actually beat, like gone and like spent the money to fucking finish. Silent Scope. It was a game where you had a that sniper, was sniper rifle game. Yeah, yeah, that one was sick. I forgot about that one. Yeah, you had to like find the like you had. They'd have multiple people pop up or multiple figures mm-hmm. running and you around. Just had, and had the... Dude, you're right. That one was sick. Yeah, that one was yeah, a lot that, of fun. I'm so proud of to hear you say that. <laughs> I actually, just because that was one of the games that was kind of popular at the time that I was working in those arcades, right? Uh, it also and I had, remember like, working on this machine. Silent Scope was awesome. Dude, yeah. I forgot about that game entirely, but it always just felt so cool walking up next to that fucking sniper, sniper rifle, rifle dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. And you just... I remember for a long time I could barely even fucking reach the fucking sniper rifle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, one day. One fucking day. You're like on your tippy toes to look in the scope and shit. <laughs> and you can't... Sometimes you couldn't aim down enough because you couldn't get your head high enough to see through the scope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Nobody oh, said one that I thought of Good old classic, or a couple of them, uh, Galaga and Dig Dug. I know I played Dig, Dig Dug. Dug a lot. Played the well, shit out of also, Dig Dug. Also, one I was thinking too was Frogger. Yeah, that's true. I never played Frogger that much in the arcade, honestly. I never really did, I but I it. I played the shit out of Dig Dug, and Galaga is also a really good one. I played a lot out of that too. What about? I got one for you, Lane. What about Spy Hunter? Dude, Spy Hunter, Spy yes. Hunter's and then they the fucking shit. made the PS2 game for yes. that fucking shit. And yes. I shit my pants playing the demo of that in Walmart, driving the car into the water, and it turns into a boat. I was like, yeah! yeah this is everything I ever wanted! <laughs> I think we had, one, a, yeah. we had a Spy Hunter nerd out moment in one of those podcasts because I yeah. brought it up for one of the topics because I fucking love Spy Hunter. And the, the Dude, PlayStation so version cool. of that game was great. Like, oh, yeah. I could do a I could do with a modern day like remake of a Spy Hunter game. I would yeah. really spend money on that. Like, yeah, dude. I'm pretty sure that they've done um, an updated Spy Hunter. So, um, well, see. okay, then I want to redact my previous statement. Properly I marketed, I would. <laughs> dude, that'd be sick to find that fucking. Uh, if there, if there's a new one, check that out. Yeah, it was a PlayStation game. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't think it was a very good game, though. <laughs> I think it's a lot of nostalgia that I like rose colored glasses. Nineteen eighty three. I'm right there with you, though, bro. I yeah. love that game on the PlayStation yeah. console. It was amazing. It saved my like greatest memories when I literally, like, literally when I first played the demo in Walmart. I'm just like walking around. I'm like Spy Hunter. Well, that's intriguing. When I just walk up and I start playing, like, ah, my brain just explodes instantly. It's the coolest shit ever. <laughs> like, Little fucking yeah. Lane just like, Spy Hunter? That sounds right up my alley. <laughs> Dude, I got a whole <laughs> box full of spy gadgets back at home. Are you telling me? I had a bunch of those, too. Those did kids anybody, spy glasses did, did and shit. Did you guys have that magazine? 
Oh yeah, dude. Yes. Yeah. No. I got I had all the shit. I had little motion detectors you could put around the house. I had fucking spy watches. I had edible paper. I had fucking like little laser security systems. I had two doors into my room, one into the bathroom, one through the front. I had a key card slider on the front one. It actually worked. It was like a fucking you know, like the Nat Geo fucking spy like gadget things or whatever they were. Or that it was Discovery Kids, wasn't that what it is? It was Discovery yeah. Kids. Yeah. yeah, and then I had another one that was like a handprint scanner, but it was like a like you had to buttons at each of your fingerprints or each of your fingertips. So you had to push the button combination <laughs> to get into the fucking door. And like my mom hated that shit because she'd go to drop off laundry and it would just go. <laughs> and I'm at fucking school and she doesn't know how to turn that shit off. It was amazing. What are you doing in my room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mom, it looks like. And then, dude, one time I did, I set up the old camcorder and I hid it in my room and I was reviewing footage. It's like, well, mother, it seems that you bypassed my alarms at twelve oh two this afternoon. Drop off laundry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> <laughs> what was in this laundry? <laughs> oh, dude, oh, I love I loved getting that like monthly magazine that always had like the stories about like it yeah. had, like hidden messages too and stuff in there yeah. that was really and, cool. it, and it came with like little spy shit right yeah yeah I think that's where I got the edible paper which <laughs> yes weird. I had yeah. it too it honestly <laughs> tasted pretty good and I'm just in, the, in my room just snacking on fucking edible there's paper. some dude in a marketing department that was like yeah we're just gonna make these kids eat paper right <laughs> like that was <laughs> this right I remember writing on it with my pen and being like, and then the eating it doesn't taste bad either. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, just eat it. <laughs> uh, what was your what was your runner up, Dylan? Let's hear it. So there were there were a few, and I guess we can get to the point where we're reading out the list here because that's that's my one of my favorite parts because everybody gets nostalgic when I start bringing up yeah. names off of a list. But there were a couple. So I remember playing um, Gauntlet back in the day which was a four player kind of early rpg concept um in the arcade games which was which was a ton of fun um you could play like a mage yeah mage a barbarian you know stuff like that an elf yeah 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 super cool um no one brought up tetris um, oh, dude! Because Tetris awesome. is you know, a great. I never that on my Game Boy, though. Tetris in the arcade. Uh, it was like an early Nintendo title for me. I had a black I and white remember... Game Boy that it was on, and I remember playing it on a black mm. and white Game Boy. But that was that was. I never played it in the arcade, but. Yeah, same. They have. Yeah, um, it was not one of my go-to's. My um, honorable mention was going to be Rampage. Oh, there's actually a really nice rampage machine at one up off of Colfax. Um, they have a, a period correct um, rampage machine there that is a ton of fun to play. That's cool. I love even the uh, even the classic Donkey Kong one too. That that one that machine oh, yeah. is pretty pristine over there too. They also have over there, and this was going to be my last honorable mention before we got onto the list was Tapper. They have a tapper machine there with the actual yeah, tap yeah. on there yep. that you pull and push, um, which was oh, yeah. really, really cool um, for the day. I remember seeing this machine, but I've never played it, which was the original Tron machine. Ton of fun. I played these shit. As a matter of fact, I almost put Tron on there. Um, 
as oh, one of my games. Yeah. I've actually beaten that one, uh, but eh, the gameplay overall is, yeah. But I loved it because it was Tron. I was like super into Tron, and the machine looks crazy too because it has all of these black lights and stuff built into it. So the cabinet itself was kind of catchy. Uh, yeah. But that's a that's a great uh, honorable mention there, Dylan. Tron is dope. I remember being in love with the look of that machine, and then later on in the early PlayStation generations, they had Tron games that came out that you could actually do the disc fighting of Tron in the light disc part of it. And that was awesome. Like I I have a ton of nostalgia for that. Um, Joust and pole position are on here. Um, as honorable mentions, pole position is one Dylan of those. Dylan knows first. a lot about pole position. I know all about pole position, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Punch Out is also yeah. mentioned on here. That was early. a Nintendo game for me. Well, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. I played the one of the later Punch Outs on Nintendo sixty four. Um, trying to see if there's any other honorable mentions on here. One that I never really played in the games, but I played on sixty four or. NES quite a bit was Duck Hunt, and I love the shit out of Duck Hunt. That was a cool one. They have Double Dragon on here, which is a classic beat 'em up side scrolling beat 'em up. They list Pong on here in '72, but I was not at the point where Pong was a was an arcade. Game I was gonna anymore. say like I I played Snake a lot like on a phone like on a Nokia, but never really in an arcade. <laughs> I remember so not, playing Lunar Lander. I was on the Rare collection, the Rare oh, remake. Lander. Yeah, because they have a um, on the Rare re-releases or whatever. They they did like a collection of games and Lunar Landers on there, and it's hard as shit. It's the one where you have to like guide a Lunar Lander down to land. Right. Yeah. Um, with boosters. That was uh, very early. That's like uh, in the same. It says nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Oh, asteroid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where? You know Good. I just had a brain blast. We forgot the ultimate icon. None of us has has mentioned Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong Donkey Kong. Yeah, he mentioned the original yeah. Donkey Kong machine because it's over a um, one up. Cubert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Q-Bert is a cool that. one. I actually got to play that one. That one's at one up. You can, and it's the one where you have to light up the squares jumping on them without being eaten. Yeah. Um, that one's a cool original like puzzle, um, kind of concept. Let's see here. Let's check out this Tron machine. I'm dropping the Tron arcade game into the. It was just no. I'd never seen anything that looked like. Oh, dude, yeah. As a a kid, right? And this would have been like when Pac Man and that same sort of stuff was out. So, like that uh, uh, arcade machine um, really stood out. There's so much curve appeal to that machine. Like the, all the it's, lights and shit, it looks so Especially cool. like a little kid walking into a dark arcade seeing this fucking just like futuristic, just wah, just come play me. <laughs> but that was kind of the extent of ones that we probably would have known or at least known of. There was an Indiana Jones game that I've never played. Oh, I, I do remember that, yeah. I don't think I ever played that. No, Either. I barely remember and that And then one. we didn't bring it up, but I've actually played this one, Missile Command. Um, one of the original like 1980s. Um, that sounds familiar. It's the one where you're a little, uh, you have these little bases and you have these missiles coming at you and you have to shoot the missiles down. Oh, um, I see. I like it's that kind one. kind of in the vein of Galago. Yeah. It uses yeah. a trackball. 
right? So yeah. you just spin that crackball over and just spam the attack button to try to. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then gotcha. fucking burger time. And that's the last one um, on the list. Burger time is the one where you had to put together or you had to dodge burger ingredients and stuff like that. And then they re-released this game fairly recently, I think, but Ghosts and Goblins um, got a re-release concurrently, and it was an arcade machine. Yeah, actually amazing. Mm-hmm. That was fun, where you were that bartender, and you had to throw the beers down to the pre yeah, Tapper. Down the, uh, yeah. Tapper. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was called, Tappers. Okay. Tapper. And then um, there was one called Choplifter, too, that I remember, and it was a, you had to guide this helicopter up and down through a uh, horizontally scrolling environment um, where that one was kind of cool. I never played Dance Dance Revolution or anything like that. I do remember playing the arcade releases of um, Guitar Hero. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like a Dana Buster. With those massive, unwieldy, heavy-ass guitars that they had attached to the You know what? It's always interesting to see what like modern games get like a chance in the arcade because yeah, um, that was one of them. They got Gears of War fucking arcade games. They got Halo arcade games now. All that recently. Yeah, they. It's it's kind of interesting to see how fucking arcade games are evolving. They're just taking, you know, yeah, console that, games and turning them into fucking shooters uh, in the arcade. So what I've seen the trend moving towards is. Um, making a lot of these new arcade games VR because that's yeah, something yeah. a lot of people don't have in their household that they would go out of their way and pay what like three right. maybe up to five dollars per play to try something yeah. like that look at that we've come first full circle Devin <laughs> was just telling us about this wasn't he Dylan yeah like not that long ago it was probably early on on the podcast too because we were talking about some VR shit with him and he was telling us like yep. VR is gonna go that way and it's like but we were also saying it's all about accessibility right and I think arcades is where you get that fucking accessibility yeah because kids have five dollars to spend it in an arcade but they don't have we're gonna VR. have full-on VR arcades here not that far out and they're gonna have some really cool experiences I bet you Hey, Evan, do you remember if they did any Star Wars releases in the arcade, like a TIE Fighter or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, so uh, that one was really close to being on um, my list as well, because that's another one uh, that I've um, beaten. Uh, so it was actually called the Trilogy Arcade Machine. Um, so you actually kind of played through uh, all three movies. Uh there were, uh, well, when I say all three, I mean four, five, and six. Um, right. But it was neat because, yeah, there was a lot of uh, you're flying X-Wings and things like that. So there's a lot of space battles. And then there are also um, lightsaber battles, right, uh, that you're doing with a, with a joystick. It's a lot of fun. They also did a really unique one uh, that was uh, for pod racing. When I the first and second game one. came out, yeah, yeah, super hard, but it was really cool to control because it, you sat in it and you drove it like you would a pod racer with the mm. uh, the two uh, what would you with call like those the motorcycle levers, like handles, an accelerator, yeah. Moves or something, yeah, on either side that you would throttle and move to kind of control mm. your pod racer. Very cool game. Uh, was, yeah, Star Wars done yeah, a few because I remember playing an old vector graphics style. Um, X-wing fighter game where you went and like right. shot down the Death Star, mm. right? Like that was it was 
older the trilogy that you're thinking about um i don't know that it was vector graphics uh i'll show it to you they've actually re-released that i know the dave but dave and buster's around here uh they have that game uh but it's been remastered and it's oh, actually cool. a huge thing that you sit in to play it, which That's is pretty cool. Really, really I cool. bet you they also have that. You've seen that. It's kind of like Guitar Hero, but with lightsabers, right? Where, like, the things come at you, and you got to, like, hit the fucking things with the lightsabers oh, beat saber. the What is it called? Beat Saber? Beat, beat Saber. Yeah, yeah. I, I would almost guarantee they have that in fucking Dave and Buster's arcades and stuff now, too. Which is cool, because, yes. like, that's a really cool game. Bro, even um, Flappy yeah, they, Bird they they got an arcade The VR machine. trend we're kind of seeing. Yeah. What was that? Flappy Bird got an arcade machine. You're right. Flappy so, Bird. So did, uh, so did Doodle Jump. Yes. That's a David Buster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good point. I it's funny to see all those fucking one. The random fucking like iPhone apps that got turned into fucking arcade games and shit. Like I remember playing, what was it, the Doodle one? I remember that on my fucking iPod Touch, dude. Yeah. Where you fucking, I was playing that in high school. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Let's say this. Oh, that's the fucking Star Wars machine. That's the one you're talking about, Dylan. See, I was picturing, I, th- I could have sworn there I've was a Star Wars played, one where it was one of those that you like one. get in the cockpit, right? That's the new one. And That's the brand that's new, the one. new one? Yeah, the TIE okay. Fighter machine, the one that you yeah, actually yeah. sit in the cockpit of the TIE Fighter. Yeah. And no, it this, like moves around. With the one that Evans, shit, yeah. the trilogy one, I've played that one in real life. That one is gotcha. super cool. That's the one I remember. I don't remember this then, lightsaber fighting one though, the top one. I don't remember that one. But I remember the They're the same machine. machine. That's okay. the same machine. They just they have different um versions of it depending on how much you want to spend. Uh but there are some lightsaber battles in that. Well, they're very rudimentary. It's first person, there's a lightsaber and basically you move the joystick to block and slash. Right? That's that's all it is, really. Right, right. But as a kid it was which I was older than a kid. That I was would have been in um, like a senior in high school, probably when that came out. Nice. Oh, you, Still. but that's Alabama. So you're talking like twenty twenty five, right? <laughs> we 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 had things. He said they should have. So I had this. I had, I was I had we this had thought this things. morning when, when we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons yesterday. When you were like. You're like, all right, so Rudolph is below average intelligence. Like, you dropped out of, like, seventh grade or something. I was like, motherfucker, maybe in Alabama. Like, I have a high school diploma, at least. <laughs> you're, you're still upset about that. You lost sleep over that shit last night. No, I, I was thinking about that this morning while you I was watching dishes. Funny, and I was like, hold when, on, what did he mean seventh grade? <laughs> when, Vagine, when Vagine got you to drink the water, you just looked so, like, upset and defeated sitting at the table. You were sitting there like... <laughs> Son of a bitch, they got me to drink the fucking water. <laughs> but it was just like, because it fit with your character to be convinced. Yeah, now I'm just going to make that character <laughs> eat things. Like, I'm just going to hand that character shit and be like, eat this. That's that's what's hey, uh, going to happen. Oh, no, this is this is different from what you just are. <laughs> and I was like, this fucking moron's definitely going to drink this goddamn water. He's going to be like, thanks, friend. I appreciate your kindness. <laughs> oh, man, that's great, dude. <laughs> The arcade, man, that was a that was a good topic. Anybody else have any mentions they want to get in before we move on? No, no. Okay, cool. Well, let's see, Dylan. I believe your topic was up next, my guy. What you got? Talking about games or types of games that we hate. Pretty much what we do here. Okay. We fucking hate hate these games. 
Like I a specific am games s- or like genres. Um, so I'm going to start with the with with one, and you can kind of go from here. So okay, I, I was thinking type of game, um, in particular when I thought of mine, and it's going to be a controversial choice, right? So I fucking hate Spyro or like collectum kind of games like that. Like I like grab the coins. Cannot okay. fucking stand games like that. Mm. Crash Bandicoot. Fucking Spyro, like so, like action uh, Ratchet, platformers? Ratchet and Clank. The only one that I've ever. Games that came out I like about Psychonauts too. I, I That's like Psychonauts. Take. That's a bad take. I, I, bad hey, take. Hey, you can you can dig me all you want, but you will not find me fucking playing a Spyro game. You will not find me playing a fucking not even Crash as a kid game. Like you never played a fucking like Spyro game. Like, I did as your Crash Bandicoot I did. as a kid. Like, I did. Absolutely, and there's some nostalgia there, right? But it's not because of the fucking like, game. I hate collecting <laughs> coins. <laughs> like, probably I'm not as a kid. Enjoyed a pl- an action platformer last month for the game of the month. You can play <laughs> one out of an entire genre that you like, right? Like you can, like you may not like Souls games, but you can play Sekiro and like enjoy that game, okay. right? So that's Mario Galaxy. I had never liked Mario Galaxy. No. I like wow. Sunshine. It was one of wow. the only Mario titles that ding, I played ding. like that. That I he's enjoyed. just got a backpack with yeah, water what, in it. What, what's the difference between the two for you? I liked the mechanic of the water backpack quite a bit. He likes sporting things with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting everybody <laughs> wet, bro. I like it. I'm getting everybody wet, bro. Like <laughs> you can, it just is giving me these funny looks. Like you know, it's something totally contrarian that I'm saying, but it's like you cannot like that kind of shit. And partake. One of no. the ones that I was gonna say was I really liked Conker's Bad Fur Day, right? But it was because the story in the game was fun okay. and funny, right? Like I enjoyed yes. that kind of thing. But you fucking try and make me play a banjo kazooie where I'm saving fucking woodland creatures and I don't give a shit about like what's going on or there's an evil witch and I'm having like no, like I don't, I don't enjoy that type of game, right? Like I, I. The the concept of a more serious kind of game. Yeah, right? they came out with like a more adult, like like Psychonauts, right? Which is a like adult themed, um, very story rich kind of title like that. I I do enjoy that aspect. And there's more. You don't give Psychonauts enough credit. It is very much more than just a banjo kazooie. Like it does a lot with with what it has, right? So it's a similar game, though. It it's, is. You were talking about type, it's a platformer. Right? So like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, but so is fucking Bayonetta, right? If you want to talk about I, like I a think, platformer, right? I like, think the difference is it's like none of us go except for nostalgia reasons. None of us are gonna go fucking buy Spyro eighty six at the fucking game store and plenty, like get through that. There yes, are but it's like people all nostalgia. That will buy. It's yes. out of nostalgia, right? Like it's not like uh, that's how I see it anyway. It's I dare like, you it's not like as you a going to it for the story. I'm yes. not going. There. It's because it's like I, I remember playing it as a kid. It was a cool, fun game to play as a kid. You know, I liked it. Like no one's buying but that. But will shit. you finish like, it? Probably yeah, not. Was, no. Probably and as so. a grown ass adult, you can, I dare it's you. One of those games, dude. It's one of those games that you can literally just fucking pick up. Play through when you're fucking sick of something else, put it down, and then a week later pick it back up. It's not like, you know, I'm not sitting there enthralled by the story of Spyro collecting fucking coins. I'm fucking, you know, it's like a fun game to sit there. You could fucking, it's got a goal, it's got mechanics that you can fucking steer the dude. You try not to fuck up. It barely has a goal. goal. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm telling you, it was going to be a hot take, but you know what? No, it got everybody no. talking about it. Like, I <laughs> I do not, I, just... I, I will not seek out that type of game. Like, I have a fucking PlayStation downstairs, yeah, yeah. a PlayStation 4. I'm one of the only people in the group that has one. I have not gone and played a fucking Ratchet and Clank game, right? I don't, no, and that, I don't I enjoy them. Saying. I don't go out of my way for that. Like, I don't... Like, I totally understand what you're saying, because I wouldn't either. But back in the day, I was totally into, like, Jack and Dexter, which is basically Ratchet and Clank. The but, one that like, I, I liked totally back in Jack the day... I wouldn't go buy them these days. The one Maybe that I... I did. Maybe I would if they looked really cool and it seemed like I had a cool story and it was a new game. Maybe I would. But I wouldn't go buy the old Jack and Dexter or Ratchet and Clank to, like, replay it at this point. I only the... ever would for nostalgia purposes. The only one from that era that I genuinely enjoyed was Sly Cooper like honestly and it was because there was more to that game than yeah. just action platforming right like there was a cohesive story that went with it there were mechanics like he had a hook and a zipline mechanic in there that was a lot of fun like there was <laughs> shut up Evan. Evan. <laughs> he's like oh there's a hook yeah fuck off yeah it's just so funny because of the Mario, you're like, well, he's got a backpack, water, square stuff. And with the Sly, Sly Cooper, which was a good game, all of the games we've named are fucking amazing. You're like, well, he's got a little hook. You know, hook. <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> I just, I'm just giving you a hard time, but it's so funny. Dylan just needs some kind of, uh, you know, he just needs some, some kind of angle on the game, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is the most hit and miss genre. And I squirt shit on stuff. It is, it is one of the most <laughs> hit and miss genres for me ever. Like, I do not it go is. out of my way to play uh, no, Mario you make, Galaxy. You do make sense. Yeah. No, like, yeah, you do make sense. It's just, yeah. I feel like you're hating real hard on, like, nostalgia. You also clearly woke up and chose violence today. I hate, I hate things I remember. I hate all of them. No, it's just like, no, because there's stuff from that, so... Well, like, it was it just playing video games as a kid. Like, <laughs> this genre can offer more. Why is it so limited? I can't wait to hate you know, this in 20 years. So to be <laughs> to be fair, like, one of the things, and I'll throw this out there, right, for a little bit of context, is, like, when I was that age, I was also playing games like Final Fantasy, right, and stuff like that, where I had yeah. a very in-depth mechanic to play with. And, like, so I may have been kind of spoiled, right, in that sense of, like, I actually had some people in my life that were older, that played games that were like that, that introduced me to concepts like that. Evan and I were sitting there talking about TV the other day on Xbox, and we were talking about Liquid TV, which was an old, prior-to-Adult Swim kind of style. But it wasn't of my era, right, when I was a kid. But I had cool fucking people in my life that introduced me to that kind of shit. And then I was like, okay, this is awesome, right? Like... So I had this kind of spoiled view of games even at that age because I was playing shit that had like very mechanics driven, very story driven shit. Chrono Trigger, you know, Bravely Default, shit like that that really paints my memory of that time. I was not playing Spyro at the time or even stuff like Hydro Thunder. Like I was playing Hydro Thunder with Kyle and I fucking loved Hydro Thunder. I loved you know, games like that where, you know, racing games, spy hunter, right. that kind of shit. But I was just never the type to go out of my way for a fucking banjo kazooie game or a crash bandicoot <laughs> game or anything like that. Like I just was not. Okay. Okay. Rage. I woke up this morning with rage. Rage against <laughs> the dying of life. <laughs> Who do you want to put on the on the chopping block next? Evan <laughs> What's the game that you hate? 
I, or type. Uh, everyone's going to agree with me, which is what's great about this. So <laughs> maybe, maybe not fully on my, on my second take. Um, but, um, God, I just want to hammer on you some more about the action platform. <laughs> but, I'm uh, sorry that you like baby so, games that collect coins and gems. I do. I do. I do. Um, it's, all right, hard, so, it's hard with adult ADHD to not like a game where you just collect shiny shit. Like, this you know, is, this is, is true. <laughs> yes. Fine. You know, 100%. if you want to just attack us personally, Dylan. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm going to get it. You fucks asked for it. And now you're going to get it. <laughs> I'm full of sake and rage. <laughs> All right. So, again, I'm going in the, you know, with sort of what the uh, topic had to do with, which was a type of game. Right, what types yeah. of game? Um, and I don't know. This may be too broad, which is why I did a second one. You guys be the judge. But for me, as much as I love the game, I hate all mobile games. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. I Sorry. Agree. I yeah, agree. That's a good one. Yeah, you would think yeah. someone that loves playing games that when I couldn't get to my console that I'd be like all over my phone. Um. But and I've downloaded all kinds of different mobile games. Yeah, yeah. I paid for a few of them that were supposed Dang. to be good, and I can never stick with them. I never really have fun with them. The only time I'll fuck with a mobile game really would be if I was bored and didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, I will that's a like, good way to put it, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, play Candy Crush or something as just to burn like, some time in class during college or some shit because there's yeah. nothing else that I can do with my brain cells right now. I straight totally brought my gaming there. laptop to college with me a lot of times and I was sitting there in the back and I would play like games off Steam. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. do, do, do any of you guys enjoy mobile gaming at all? Are there any noteworthy mobile games? Like I used to. Angry Birds to. was fun in high school. I played the shit out of Flappy Bird. I've played like one or two yeah. I liked. But I'm totally with you. Like I, right? It's not something I enjoy. I think what it was, it was like in high school. That's about it. So a lot of people would say Pokemon Go. Uh, I've tried it. I just true. I played the shit out of Pokemon Go in college. But I mean, it's more like a phase. Like it gets me for a while, but ultimately, like there's no game that's really that enthralling that I'm really gonna sit there and play on my fucking phone. You know what I mean? Like in high school when I first got my iPod Touch or late middle school whenever the fuck that was like hell yeah dude i had every fucking game you could ever imagine on there because ipod touches just came out and all of a sudden i could play fucking cool ass games on my fucking thing that i had in my pocket right but like ultimately no dude like i i got into bloons tower defense when i was like in middle school i got in fucking uh flappy bird for a hot minute and there were some like Guitar Hero esque games that I also got into on my iPod Touch, but ultimately, dude, it was literally just like because I was bored and too fucking ADHD, ACDC to fucking focus on anything, dude. I just had something to pull out of my pocket and burn like two minutes on or some shit while I'm sitting there waiting. Um, these days, you, as embarrassing as it is, the, this old man, I got fucking like word searches. I got fucking like, you know, like that type of shit. Keep my brain sharp in my old age. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, yeah, that's literally like the only, 
Like the only type of like fucking like crossword fucking word searches, mm-hmm. like just like burn the time, and at least I feel like halfway productive, like keeping you know my brain sharp or some shit. But like, I, I, played, I I'm totally with you, man. I played Can't all the way through the FTL on my phone. What you, we don't faster know what that than is. faster than light. It's a it, you build like starships and do battles with them on. I like I played through all the way through FTL on my phone. Yeah, and then mobile the games are made on. to be beat. Yeah, like so. This one was one of those ones that you paid for. It's a game that like you paid for, and it has a definite end, right? There's no like gotcha gotcha mechanic to it. And I also played all the way through the first XCOM on my phone. Um, but that was recently. Like I actually just sat down and played XCOM on my phone. But it's a bad experience. It's not like for any game like that. It's it it is not the fucking way to play. Yeah, exactly. Like if you had an iPad, maybe right, like something a little bit bigger that you you could. Do something. I, like I will say, with how like uh, the Xbox app and system and everything has progressed, I've considered getting one of those like iPhone like backbone things, right? That literally just plugs your phone in and your phone's yeah. your controller and your screen, and like just fucking dicking around and playing because you can you can like you can uh, what is it? You can stream the game from your Xbox on your phone. Yeah, these that days. seems different to me. I don't consider yeah. that a mobile game. Yeah, I just, yeah okay, totally, no, you'd have totally fair. Right? Yeah. Um, I will say, just since you know Dylan was like, well, I enjoyed this and this, right? I don't like action platformers, but I did enjoy these. So I right. guess the ones that I did like that were phone games was a game that I've had downloaded for years. I'll go long stretches of time without playing it. It's a rhythm game. It's mm-hmm. called Scythus. Um, pretty fun. And then you guys actually jogged my memory when you mentioned uh, Pokemon Go because... Mm. I never really got into Pokemon Go, but for a while, I was into Pokemon Go's predecessor, which all of the um, uh, geo-tracking stuff and the that was uh, Pokemon was built on top of all what came from a game that? that was called uh, Ingress. Uh, I guess like Augmented Reality, I forget what no, they... No, what is it? It's like, yeah, it's something reality... Augmented reality. Augmented, yeah. Sorry, is that what you said right. the first time? I didn't yeah. hear you. My bad. Um, so it was, uh, it wasn't like Pokemon Go at all. But basically, apparently, it's real popular now. But I haven't played it in probably six years. But uh, Christy and I got into it, and what you would do is, um, just like Pokemon Go, you would go to places uh, where, like in Pokemon Go, they're gyms. But right, yeah. in, in this game they were bases, right? And it was like capture the flag. So you would show up and there was a red team and a blue team or something like that, right? And if blue team had it, you would set up and attack their base and they can set up defenses and vice versa. Once you take it over, then you can set up defenses, right? It was a lot of fun. I remember... What was the name of that? Ingress. Ingress. I'll drop it in the chest. Yeah. Interesting. But I mean, also, they've also had some good ones. I mean, we've played them before, but not like we like stay consistent. Like, I enjoyed when we played Among Us together on the phone. They have, they yeah, have Among their Us games is a good just one. don't stick that well. Well, that's because it, you know, it, it's just better played on PC, I feel like. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I also like, feel like there's a gap between what i'm doing as a person with my phone and so when i sit down at a computer or an xbox i know i'm playing a game right but generally when i'm in a situation with my phone 
like I'm not thinking about playing a game or anything right. like that. Also, you know, none of us use like when I was using public transit to get to school, that was really? some that was a time where I would play a mobile yeah, game. Yeah. For sure. That's a good point. Because I don't want to pull this fucking laptop out on RTD, right, and like play a game. So when I was using right. when I was using like the light rail, I would play a quick round of something on my phone. Um, yeah. You know, to, and that's a really good point. To pass the time. And, None of us are commuters. Like we don't, um, you know, we drive to wherever we're going. So it's. Yeah, not, we're not riding public transport or something. Yeah. Like, you know, someone, these in, days. someone in New York, right, that has to ride the train in to, yeah. to, to go to work would maybe be more apt to play. I was going to make a joke, right, when we've lost our Chinese and our Japanese market completely with that comment about mobile games, right? Because that's that's their primary kind of touch point for games is the mobile because they're going to work they're on public transit like a lot of public transit it's also what makes the switch awesome too right because it is something that is like a mobile platform to play games but well and i was gonna say i I honestly was a lot more into mobile games after i like bought my ipad which if you think about it I, I mean, at least as far as I used my iPad, it was basically just an Apple Switch, right? Like, I just was playing games on my iPad. I wasn't a businessman making fucking spreadsheets or anything. I was fucking 16 years old in high school, and I made enough scratch for mowing lawns. I bought an iPad, and I was playing, like, like that fucking harbor port game or whatever, where you got to direct ships yep. in and out of the harbor, yep. and so they can't fucking crash. And um, I played the shit out of that game, for sure. Um and I, I played, like, now that I think about it, I, I played quite a few, like, sniper games, you know, with the scope, and you have to, like... I played the, the shit out of Plague, Inc. Plague, Inc.? Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever played oh, the yeah. game Plague, Inc., but it was I the one where that. you made a virus, and the virus had to kill... Oh, I've heard of that. ...all yeah, the people on Earth, yeah, and it would, like, mutate and stuff, and, you know... It right. Was, it was an interesting kind of game that one's very prevalent like that was that made them millions of dollars like that game no i have heard of that yeah and i think i heard about it recently reading an article about how fucking successful it was or some shit like that um what was your second yeah. one evan that you were gonna throw out yeah, there? Uh, take. I, so I, I hope it doesn't take anyone else's uh option but i don't like any sports games sorry i agree I'm um, that one. I don't think any of us are FIFA people here. Yeah, I will I mean, say full stop. That's a good if one. you if you go into video games for anything other than escapism, I don't understand you. Like yeah, I don't right. I don't need to I don't need to feel like I've won the NFL. I want to feel like I've saved the universe. Yeah, Agreed. Through that, yeah, that, that's a good one actually. Yeah, you, that's you, really you know, it's funny when Evan and I were working at GameStop. There was this archetype of a person that would buy sports games, right? And they bought two games together on a regular basis. It was Madden NFL, and it was yeah. Call of Duty, the newest edition of Call of Duty. <laughs> Like, it was the same kind of bro, right? That was like, yeah, I fucking play video games, bro. I play Madden and I play fucking Call of Duty, right? Like, that was, well, you know. Don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of friends who play, like, FIFA or Madden. Like, I know a lot of people who play sports yeah. games, but I just don't. Damn. It's just not, I yeah. I played Madden a little bit as a kid, but I don't get it as an adult. It's just not what I'm in gaming for. I want a story. I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. Yep. So those are my picks. Some exceptions with sports games. There's a few boxing games that have been fun. Yeah. Uh, some MMA titles that have been okay, and sometimes golf. <laughs> sometimes. An NBA jam. 
I will fuck with NBA jams. And what was that NFL title? Blitz? The one that you could break people's arms? Oh, yeah. That one was hilarious. They're cool. They're not realistic. Give me a fantasy game that has sports tied into it. I'll fuck with it. What was that one called? uh, Blood Bowl? The one where you played orcs versus another one. Totally down. My favorite video game is fucking Rocket League, and it's just a fantasy sport. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. just fucking rocket NASCAR with soccer. Just fucking... <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good point. Interesting, Evan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Who's next? Yeah, Dylan. Who's next? Johnny. What kind of game uh, do you hate? I do not like RTSs. Real time strategy. You break them. You break them a heart. You break them. You break them a heart. Is that like Starcraft? <laughs> It is. Yeah. yeah. Or you, yeah, yeah. real time strategy like StarCraft. Yeah, yeah. I think Age you could probably Empires. lump in Age of Empires. Total War. Yeah. I like, that, yeah, yeah, I like the, that the turn based stuff. So it's, uh, have you played? The only one that grabbed my attention was Brutal Legend back in the day. I did play Brutal Legend. Um, yep. That one, that one was it. fun. Yep. Never played it. Brutal Legends was a real time strategy game? I don't remember that. Yes, that is the only one I've ever really played is StarCraft, and I only played that when I was like maybe in the eighth grade, and I don't think I ever actually knew what I was doing when I was playing it. (laughs) It was just one of the few games we had on PC as a kid. Um, Turn-based strategy or fighting—is that what it is, or what? No, so real-time strategy. So think StarCraft, where you're guiding units from a top-down perspective. Um, Halo Wars. Halo Wars. Yeah, that's a good example. Breaking my heart. Yeah, they're breaking my heart. They also (laughs) they have like enemy forces. You're trying to combat their enemy forces and overtake them, but like there's a strategy to it. They tend to also lump in um, Civilization and XCOM and games like Mm -hmm. that and Gears Tactics into that as well because they're Mm -hmm. top-down troop directing um, kind of experiences. Like there's games like Heart Heart of Iron, which is a uh, World War II simulator where you're moving around units on a battlefield. Um, you know, so that, yeah, that one breaks my heart a little bit. I've spent so much time on Civilization and Age of Empires. And I watched my brother play a good amount of Civilization, but I just, it's, it's definitely one I could never really get into so much. Like I said, I played StarCraft, but I didn't ever know what I was doing. I just like walked my group of people around until they found someone to shoot. And I was like, shoot them. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> you all the way johnny i hate these yeah these yeah i, I yeah, like I love love you i've never met people anyone that was like i kind of like real-time strategy you either love them or hate them i'm yes. fine yes yeah. there's, yeah. there's yeah. no yeah. middle room did you guys ever play fucking tropico or like red alert because red is more of a sim red, me, red alert is a real-time strategy red alert is 100 tropico i disagree uh, yeah but red alert There's y'all fucking like played red alert Mm-hmm. Never played it. Yeah, never played either of those. Watch these little idiots run over there. It takes too long. It's boring to me. Uh, I don't want to let the computer... I have to restart this. Uh, yeah. I like it just because of the. I like to plan things, and personally, like I'm OCD, so I just want to like micromanage everything. And these games allow me to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a slow burn too. You're right. It it's something that there's not a lot going on for a long time. You're just like managing resources. Right, and that all culminates into some kind of like ultimate battle, like hours later. 
know? hours and hours yeah. and hours later. There was this, yeah. So there's this really cool thing that I on this topic that I recently came across, right? So there's this series of games made by the same developer. Um, one of them's called Crusader Crusader Kings, right? And you start off in a medieval times and you're building an empire and you can make your fucking people inbreed or like whatever. Like it's crazy. It's so it's a choice you can make. Yes. Why? Yeah, yeah they can have they can have club foots and shit. Yeah, like are there you can, benefits. Yeah, yeah, there are benefits to that because you're keeping the shit in the family, right? Like that's why the royal family inbred for so fucking long. Like there's, you know what I mean? Like you keep your, actual benefit. You keep your shit in power. Like you know, you don't have to marry out. I've really never heard of Philip the Third. You know, so so they have this game right that you can play Crusader Kings. You can go all the way up until not quite modern times, but the end of the medieval period into the Renaissance period. You can oh, import your game into another game called Universalis, right? Made by the same developer, and it goes through like all of the Spanish shit, Spanish Inquis- Inquisition, so it all the way. Picks up straight from where you yeah, left off. Your kingdom That's picks up, cool, and yeah. then after Universalis, you can import that fucking game into Hearts of Iron and play through World War One and World War Two with your same fucking wow. country that you made from back in the day. That's pretty right? cool. But this is thousands and thousands of hours of someone playing and building and managing and playing and building it's a cool concept but you know (laughs) it's it's really not for everybody it's just like the whole fucking um train operating simulator right where you drive Mm -hmm. a fucking train get out of here with that (laughs) but there's a people there's a there's a there's a type of people that sit down and play that kind of game Right, that are like, yeah, I want to farm. I want to farm for hours and hours and hours, right? Like, I want to combine harvest wheat and shit like that. I love can't say anything, I love those. Valley. <laughs> when it's blueberry season, I go crazy. All right, Kyle, what's a game that you hate? I, games, uh, the game I hate, I hate Battle Royales. I can't stand them. I don't have fun in them. I think Not a big thing either. I don't like that. You're working your butt off just to lose and start all the way from the beginning. At least with other multiplayer games, you have a shot of trying to redeem yourself to come back and win. I don't know. Battle Royales, they bore me. I hate them. I don't think they're fun. But that's like... And I was going to say Civilization games. Both certain ones I'm not a fan of. They just feel too slow for me. Yeah, I agree with you. With the... uh, uh, I can't do Battle Royales. No, Battle Royales. Sorry, uh, my... Uh, yeah, I've wanted to like those games, and I've played. I've tried to play them several times. PUBG, Fortnite, um, and I just a I suck at them. I'm terrible. You know, right? I'm I'll start a game. I'll get shot from like a mile away. Some yeah. kid that plays it all day, every day. You know, well, dude, and a game like a game like Fortnite too, like with the building mechanic, which is actually a very crucial part, like mechanic of the game. That's just a whole other thing that you got to completely learn how to do and quickly. And it's not easy to learn how to do that. And so, therefore, unless you really dedicate time to put yourself into that and learn how to fucking manipulate that building mechanic and be good at it, you know, I mean, unless you're playing with friends who know how to do that, then, yeah, you're just going to get fucking rolled. And, yeah, man, I totally feel you. That's why, like, I pretty much only play fucking Fortnite when I'm playing with my friends who, like, play it all the fucking time. And I'm getting carried because then I can, like, at least hang out and talk with them. And I'll get kills here and there, but I'm not, like, I'm not a fucking building 
person. Like, I, I hate fucking building in that game, and so therefore, I can't play fucking solo fucking rounds of Fortnite. I'm just not good at it. I get fucking rolled every single time by some fucking 14-year-old who spends eight hours a day in fucking custom lobbies learning how to build. Like... <laughs> It's also, um, it's one of those skill ceiling kind of things, right? Because it's just like, yeah. how much time am I willing to put into something like this in order to get good yeah. at it? Like Rainbow Six was that one for me, where it was like, if you watch uh, pro play of Rainbow Six Siege or Fortnite, it just is fucking illegible to someone who's, yeah. you're just like, oh my God, what? And then someone dies and you're like, oh my God, someone built a tower out of fucking nowhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, Literally. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like it the only battle royale that I really could see myself getting into is um, Warzone, and even then, like you still need to have like at least as far as I'm concerned. Maybe I just suck at it, but it's just so much more fun to just be playing with friends and stuff, and to be playing Warzone with people. And I get what you're saying. It's like, yeah, you get like 30 minutes into a match, Kyle, and then like you die, and that's it, right? Or you get 20 minutes in, you die, and that's the end of it. And they just like fuck it. Well, I guess I go try again. If you get but, a really Good luck with finding weapons. Right. Die, and right? and, and um, but like nothing. but like in Warzone, it's it's a little bit different in both those respects, right? Because they implemented the gulag system in Warzone. So it's like if you die, then you get to go in, you get to do a 1v1 against someone else who died, and if you win, then you get to come back into the game. And also in Warzone, there's the money system and the loadout system. So after a while you 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 go around, you fucking you hit all the boxes to find enough money, you go to a fucking buy station, you buy a loadout, then you can get your custom loadout, and then you can go fucking fry kids, right? So I totally get what you're saying. Like in Fortnite, where there's no fuck, it's all RNG, like depending on what fucking guns you find. At least in Fortnite, they fucking added the reboot van where you can, your teammates can pick up your card, go and like revive you, but that's only if there's a viable option, like as far as like reboot van locations and if they survive. Um, so that, for those reasons, Warzone is really the only battle royale that I could see myself really getting into. And even then, I just don't have people to really play it with, so I don't really find the fun in it. Yeah. I gotta say, a good addition to those games is the hot mics. <laughs> it makes dude, it funny to videos. Call of, dude, yes, Call of Duty hot mics, the fucking death mics are so yeah. funny. <laughs> and just kills somebody, he's like, motherfucker, nah! and it just cuts off. <laughs> it's like, or he's won. Yeah. He's one, he's one. I have three armor plates left, my guy. <laughs> Your teammates are about to die. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm I'm with you on the battle royales to an extent, but um at least there's some like Warzone that have tried to like give you your loadout, you know, if you if you get enough money or give you a chance to come back because it does fucking suck to play twenty minutes and then just have that whole rep be fucking trashed. Um yeah, that's right. my take on Battle Royales. Justin. Anyway. They're not my favorite. But What's a game you hate? The reason why I was so confused about Johnny's suggestion earlier was because mine is kind of in the same ba- vein. I don't like turn-based anything. I don't like See, I, lo- I, love turn- I love turn-based. I just don't me. like RTSs. <laughs> <laughs> I like, don't like waiting my turn to... I like, can see that. Shit, yeah, I can see that too. I can see like, that from you for sure. I like a continuous game flow. I like a first-person shooter or something where something's happening. Yeah, sitting there waiting for the computer to decide or having to like strategize around it. Like I played the most recent one I've played was the South Park Stick of Truth, and like oh, I yeah. really like the game because I'm a massive South Park fan. But the whole time I'm forcing myself to deal with this combat, and it's just it's just turn-based combat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. lame. 
or like Undertale, and it's all it. I feel like the whole fucking game system always boils down to I just have to fucking grind for healing shit at the end of the day, and I'm almost certainly yeah. gonna fucking beat you. And if I don't have to do that, I have to spend ten fucking seconds thinking about what of the eight fucking combat abilities my teammates have mm-hmm. before I'm like, all right, cool, we've got this, we're gonna fucking win it. Yeah. Or RNG wrecks your shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Especially like crit systems and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It's just not for me. I, I like. I've played some that I like. Like as a kid, I love Pokemon, and I see why people are into them, but not for me. Oh, I still buy we all. Played, Pokemon there's only there. like one turn-based game that I've actually like enjoyed, and it's called. I've talked about it once or twice, I think, on the podcast. It's called For the King. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, it is a good one. It's basically like D and D um in a in a Light. kind of yeah. you know turn based <laughs> Xbox three sixty four Xbox format. Um you can play it with up to like four people, you all pick a class of a character, um and then it just kinda builds an adventure for you and it gives you general goals like you gotta go here and it's like like it would be on like a tabletop like a uh, role-playing game with like the hexagonal spaces right and you can like make your certain turn and your moves and it's all turn-based even the fighting is turn-based um but i don't know i, I like the the kind of like adventure thing to it like you're all kind of on a common goal to go somewhere and these guys pop out of nowhere and it's like all right i want to try to hit them oh well i fucked that up you better do pretty good um because i'm gonna die if you don't um like that's really the only game that i've like dealt with the turn-based stuff and not been upset about it um it's it's pretty cool game to play but i get totally feel you on that shit all right lane um i don't know this is a this is a tough one for me because i don't really like hate like any types of games like i could pretty much play whatever i just probably won't enjoy some of it most of the time but Sports games was a really good one. I could never really get into fucking sports games that much. Like my brother, uh, he was always into like uh, NFL and NBA and stuff, and I would play it with him here and there. But it just ultimately wasn't my favorite. Um, but I did really like NFL Street. I had that on my fucking PSP. That shit was so much fun. Like jumping off walls and fucking <laughs> just like punching people in the face or some shit. Like <laughs> that shit was that was really cool. I, I really enjoyed NFL Street. But again, it's like it's not as like fucking realistic i'm not in the nfl fucking you know it, so it was more fantasy i guess um another one that i it's hard for me to get on board with is and it's funny because we started out the podcast doing quite a few of these are the side scroller platformers like they're just not my go-to and it, i find it really hard to get invested in a story when it's a side scroller platformer, um, like a dead we played cells a few or something like that. Yeah, like a dead cells. Like I, 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 and I did enjoy them, but it just was really hard for me to kind of get into it. Uh, Carry on was one that I really got into when we were playing it. Uh, that was the alien one where you eat different stuff and you grow and you gain different abilities, and you're the monster in a horror film, basically, right? That was one that I could kind of get into, but. In general, I just uh, I, f- I really find it hard to get into side scroller platformers. Um, other than to just burn time, I'm never playing them for the story, which is where it kind of throws me when we do them on the podcast. Because a lot of the times there is like a story involved, and it's really hard for me to get invested in the story of a side scroller platformer. Other than that, not too many come to play or come to mind. I guess like the RTSs, like Johnny was saying. I played them here and there, but it never really as an adult, and I don't really see myself being able to get into them too much. Um, it's just like a time sink for an ultimate reward that I'm not prepared 
for the journey for <laughs> I just do not want to put that time in to get to the end man I, I'd much rather play something else but they're not for everybody um, we'll leave them, yeah. we'll leave them for the whole entire country of Korea like they there you they go. super <laughs> enjoy that kind of shit like just let them have yep. Starcraft so like yeah but it, yeah, those so real time strategies hard hard for anybody to get into yeah Oh, Man, right. I really wish, uh, kind of on a tangent, I really wish like the PSP would have gotten some additional like upgraded editions or something. I fucking loved playing on my PSP. Dude. Potential for that thing. It's called a Vita. I've been looking for like batteries and chargers and shit so I could like start playing my old PSP games again. <laughs> but, yeah, I used to really have cool I had Luminous on the, the PSP and I loved the shit out oh, of Luminous. Oh, nice. Dude. The first GTA game I ever played was on PSP, and that was because my parents were most certainly not going to let me play it like on the console that I had where everybody could see what I was playing. So I had to play it on my PSP, just like hiding the fucking screen from everybody. Just fucking... <laughs> good right. times, good times. Blue uh, let's see. Johnny, I believe you were up next for topics, topics, my guy. What you got? Yeah, I was just... Uh... Wondering, because I know that we rage a lot in video games nowadays. I definitely do in, like, Overwatch or even when I was growing up in high school, Gears of War, broke a couple controllers off of that. Um, I was wondering what the first one, uh, the first video game that made you guys rage was. Um, I, had to, I had to think about this one for a while, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the first one that I raged at was uh, Pokemon Stadium 1 on the 64 the Master Cup, you need certain Pokemon in the, I guess, to beat it, and I just could never beat it as a kid. Damn. So you could get all the way to the end of the game and not have the fucking shit you need to actually beat the game? That's just yeah. rude, man. It, Why the it, fuck? Like, it's, it's because they want you to buy the uh, the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy cartridges, and then you can transfer your Pokemon into there to fight. So they were enticing that. So they're set moves in Pokemon Stadium. So it's, yeah, it's a money grab for sure. That's fucking lame, dude. Yeah. That's lame as hell. (laughs) So what what were your guys's? Do you know what's the first game that made you guys rage? I did have to think about it for a minute, too. Um, I was thinking it was probably one of the Mario games. But I think what it was was fucking Duck Hunt, dude, on the NES. Because... I would always get pretty fucking far in that game. But then eventually, that fucking dog, after a while, he just pops his head up out of the grass, and he's like, And I just wanted to fucking punch him through the screen every time. I was like eight years old, having a little baby mauled. But I was just fucking so pissed off, because I would get really far, and then he'd just be like, like, and to me, that's just like, you fucking suck, and it's like, man, fuck you, dude, I've been crushing this shit, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> that was probably the first one that I mauled it on, for sure, um, next one, uh, I mentioned this not too long ago, was Need for Speed Carbon, because I just could not beat that fucking last racer, and, uh, yeah, eventually I just put it down for like three or four years and then picked it back up and beat it, and it was the best moment of my life. It was like the <laughs> ultimate catharsis, dude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but one, another one that I'm sure we could all relate to, and it wasn't very, it wasn't so much the game, it was just intrinsic of the online community, it was Modern Warfare 2. Oh, yeah. Um, 
It's like yeah. constantly. It doesn't matter what. You didn't even necessarily need to be mad about anything. If just some motherfucker starts yelling, you're gonna fucking yell back. <laughs> well, even you're having like a, you're having like an off day, right? And you're not playing as oh, good yeah. as you are, and someone's and some fucking guys like, your you mom. You fucking suck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. Fuck, fuck your mother. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh, Wrong fuck day, bitch. I'll fuck your mother. I'll I'll show yeah. you. <laughs> I'll fuck your dad. That's right. <laughs> That's a good so, one. Yeah. Those are mine. I'd probably have to say for buying, there's two. I mean, one's like easy, but the one that drove me crazy was when I was little. It was the first Crash Bandicoot game, and you had to go to the bridge through those bridges. So, like, those platforms would just fall certain times, and you had to make sure you hit the right jump. That game made me so angry. I was like almost in tears at some points. I would get focused so hard on it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, of course, always on the old school Sega Mortal Kombat when you had to fight Shao Kahn and he would have his invincible moments and just throw the spears at you. <laughs> that one, I, I would always hit my smack my buns as hard as can be because I thought if I hit the button harder, it would hurt him harder. Oh, uh, yeah. But it never did. It would just destroy your controller. <laughs> yeah, right. Or your finger. You just got this circular imprint on your fucking thumb when you're down. <laughs> Well, games like Mortal uh, Kombat, you know, those were still arcade ports, and those were designed. Mm-hmm. They want you to pump as much money into those fucking things as possible. Uh, so yeah. yeah, they would set enemies up and things that would have those invincible or invincibility uh, moments where there's just nothing you could do, right? And they brought those over to console, and you got to experience it at home, but just yeah, uh, experience you know, not the rage quarters at home. Exactly. That's what I mean. In your personal <laughs> stuff instead of the arcade. You can rage at your yeah. own house now. Break your that's own a, things. That's, a good one. <laughs> that's funny. I think mine was probably Ocarina of Time um, on the Nintendo 64. There were some fucking enraging moments in that game um, that were just as a young kid coming to... Cause I, I I remember there was this part that had a, a maze, right, that you had to navigate to get into the middle of it. And I remember as a kid playing through this, and there were no guides or anything of the sort for that, or at least the internet wasn't that prominent at the time where you could go on GameFAQs and find a guide for it. And so there were no so there's like a there's like a hedge maze that you have to go through in that game it's like a these tall hedges that you're walking through and i remember having to draw a map on a piece of paper um of like i went left here there's a hole here don't go here and then you'd start off again at the beginning and then you draw it on paper and you go right here like drew it yourself from scratch yep yep on a piece of paper like that was a super super frustrating game at least for me um any of those like early puzzlers like that were were kind of enraging right like and then i remember um rage quitting mist um because that fucking game is so obtuse that it yeah there's no guide to that either like you're just mist is one of those ones that everything's quiet there's no suspense you're just doing these puzzles like light puzzles and finding clues and shit like that and it was an early pc game and i just remember fogging raging at this game because it was just so obtuse that you know a young dylan couldn't wrap his head around 
any of the concepts in that game. I think I'd probably. I don't understand. I think I'd still be frustrated. Yeah. Like you're having to read these poems and they had clues in these poems and then you're having to translate it into a puzzle that's in the real world. I'm like, no, (laughs) no, I'm not doing any of that. Even as an adult, Dylan would rage at that fucking game. I'm just like, no. It's a groundbreaking game. Just like drawing maps and fucking like sitting here just raging over the fact that he can't figure out the connections between these little yes. pieces of the like the most effort he's put in the lines the fucking <laughs> lines just don't like, connect like Harley Day from that episode of Always Sunny <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah dude. I can see it yo you brought up fucking game facts though that's a fucking throwback there, I remember go, fucking getting games at Blockbuster and coming down to the end of the rental period. Like, I gotta fucking beat this and going on GameFAqs. I still there for cheat codes, dude. I still cheat go on GameFAqs like for guides, right? Like, I'm playing it's the remake. I'm, I'm playing the remake of Resident Evil 1, right? Dude. And the guide I'm using is from the early 2000s, right? Like, That's if someone sick. wrote the guide at the time and it is still used as the most prominent I'm guide I'm glad in they're the still game. around, man. Yeah. That's a piece of history. Building right? on the backs <laughs> of giants, bro. Like, building on the shoulders of giants in that respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some dude, t- yeah. some dude took fucking months of his life to type out a guide for Resident yeah. Evil 1, right? And then <laughs> I, now as a 28-year-old adult, am playing the remake of that game, and I'm I'm reading this dude's guide, right? Like, he like, could be thanks, dead. Man. Like, you, you, back. Like, <laughs> you know, at that point, there's been enough time in between. <laughs> it's like reading an ancient manuscript. You beat the game, get to the bottom of the guide, and it's like this guide is dedicated to Rick yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For fucking pelvic crusher nineteen eighty eight, right? Like it's just like his fucking username on Game Facts, right? Like Dude, terrible segue. That's great. Two thousand seven. Yeah, cheat codes. That's what I remember. Just going to cheat codes on there for like a Guitar Hero, like no fail to try to get fucking. Uh, through the fire and the flames done <laughs> or fucking gta cheat codes or super punch <sighs> dude i miss i miss cheat codes cheat codes used to be so cool back in the day we're gonna have I to do like a topic just... like your favorite games with cheat codes yeah. in from back in the day i think that yeah. would be a lot of fun that'd be cool anyone else got some enraging childhood moments yeah to share who's a, while we're doing who's some therapy next? i think i'm okay. yeah okay Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So the topic was the first game that made you rage. I had to think about this a lot um, as well. Dealt with some of the same things as, uh, as you guys did. I agree with all of your titles. Uh, Dylan, it's interesting that yours, one of yours was the Zelda title because I pretty sure that was one of the first games that made me rage was uh, Zelda 2. Right, the adventure of Link, the old uh, pixel art top down. Is that it? Wasn't uh, quite three D. Scroller, and okay. then it was also yeah. yeah. Then it was also a top down. It was kind of a mishmash of ideas. So the first Zelda was that top down classic Zelda game that you think of, right? Um, with two, they were like, let's just do something complete. This first game was amazing, and everyone loves it let's let's go the complete other way with 
Zelda 2. They did the same thing with Castlevania, right? Their first Castlevania is a classic. Castlevania 2 was not that great, right? So Simon's Quest, another one that I raged on. Um, but Adventure Link was tough for a number of reasons. Um, so, like, the dungeon maps are huge, and it was so easy to get lost in that game. Even traveling just to other areas, uh, it was interesting. It kind of had uh, overworld concepts, sort of, um, at least as far as being able to move to different places of the map at will. But the enemies were extremely unforgiving. They dealt massive damage. The dungeons, like, just things were really hard to find. The The game was also, like, really cryptic, uh, clues and things from town people that may be hidden, right? Like, it, it, the game was just bizarre. And um, the controls were good, though. I mean, it was, it was really responsive. The platforming was fair, right? It's not like um, it was hard from the standpoint of the game being broken in any kind of way, there were like any kind of dirty tricks or anything like that, but the game just is a slog. Right. And especially the end of it, I got to the end. I'd never beat the game. Um, but the final approach to the last boss, it just seems like it stretches on forever. It does stretches on forever. Uh, honorable mention though, goes out to Catherine. I don't know if you yep. guys are familiar. That's a frustrating yeah, game. Love the game. I've. It's a great, great game. I love Catherine, but um, I want to buy. I want to buy the new version of that Catherine full body with all of the extra scenes and like all of that kind of shit. Because I want to go back and play that. Because I do remember it being frustrating. Because it's a puzzle game where you're having to climb blocks right in a in a long yeah. sequence and it is and move blocks around to like fit and it is is frustrating as shit like the yeah. puzzling is fair but it's the camera and controls yeah. for me i i kept falling off because i just couldn't see like what my character was doing uh or the character wouldn't <clears throat> you've got a certain amount of time you got to finish these puzzles in and the character like sometimes wouldn't move in the way that i intended um, cause the controls, um, they're constantly changing based on the perspective, right? The controls will change. So all of a sudden left doesn't move you left anymore. Right. Um, but bru- it, so it was so brutally hard. Dylan brought up full body, right? They've re-released the game with some extras, but it was so hard that, um, they've included a super easy mode, uh, just so that you can complete it. Yeah, like a story difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. where you don't have to do the puzzles. That's exactly right. What you got there, Justin? I probably have been mad at games forever. I like nothing really fucking stands <laughs> out because, like, I'm sure I've been breaking controllers since I was a little kid. But Rocket one League, thing, one thing stands <laughs> out, and it was about fucking. Two months after Dylan chopped off half his goddamn thumb, and he was still in this gigantic brick of a fucking cast, but he was playing video games and he'd work the left index or the left stick on a controller with his fucking index finger and he'd pull the trigger with his middle finger. It was like this crazy crab setup he had going on. (laughs) And we played Gears of War 1 1v1 at my house. 
and he whooped my ass <laughs> for like two hours straight. <laughs> and I was fucking furious. <laughs> like, I, was, I was so fucking mad. He was supposed to go home for dinner like an hour before he went home. And I was like, you're not going any fucking place until I get a win. <laughs> we, we Did you there. try the same technique to, eventually? We were like, fuck no. it. I gotta try it. It's gotta be OP. No, <laughs> I just sat there and got my ass kicked forever. And Johnny, sure I, I actually also with Johnny, because I remember him coming over and playing at that time too. And Johnny is yeah. a prolific, prolific Gears of War <laughs> player, right? Like, Yeah, and you were still whooping me with half a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt, I was like, how is this broken motherfucker just killing me? <laughs> and I don't think I ever got a win. I think you just shut me out the whole fucking night. <laughs> And I, I don't know if you remember, but I actually, after the cast was off, I switched my triggers, right, permanently and always played with that format from, like, yeah. then on out. I permanently played with that kind of hand format, even yep, yep. even after I got my cast off and my thumb was healed and stuff like that. You know, there's... Always fuck up when we play shooters together because you're lefty. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yep, I remember raging and throwing Hilarious. Justin's Guitar Hero controller. That Say was, that. Oh, yeah, I fucking smashed his Guitar Hero controller on the ground. It still worked, and we oh, still have that Guitar yes, Hero so controller nice. to this day. And then he comes, I, I go in my room, and I like laid down angrily on my bed. And then he comes in, and he's like, he's, he's, I, he was like, you know, if it's broken, like we don't have another controller, right? And I was like, yeah, I'll pay for it if I broke it. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> angrily laying face down in my bed, just like <laughs> so frustrated. Sorry to retell it, amazing. But I walk in there and I go, "Hey man, you're 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 hunched over the controller, so mad, or over your bed." And I go, "Hey man, you know that's my controller, right?" Yeah. And you go, "You go, I know. I'm sorry." <laughs> like, <"What?" laughs> yep. That's no. funny. It's amazing. Fucking guitar here, bro. There. Oh yeah, dude. Pretty Love funny. There. Who has? Who? If you ha- raise your hand, if you haven't broken a Guitar Hero controller, Guitar Hero controller, I have. I broke it. You tell you, yeah, I broke, I broke one too. Yeah. I broke. I guess I'm just. I've always just been so good. I never felt that mad at the game. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Mister. I had to go find cheat codes to beat fucking through the fire to place. <laughs> I've always been well, so good through the fire and the flames. I couldn't do that. That's for sure. I kind of feel like you're like the devil yeah. went down to Georgia, right? Like I could be. Yeah, no, I did everything else on expert though. For sure, yeah. that shit was not easy, but it was doable. We got anybody else I mean, here? You know, <laughs> I think that's everybody. Right. Yeah, I think we all went. Um, all right. Well, I think that'll about do it for tonight, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I think we have picked our game for next month, and I believe it is. Yeah, back for blood it will be. So, um, yeah, we're gonna try to get online, play a bunch with each other. I feel like a lot of us already have been playing it, um, but yeah. So, hit us next month with back for blood. Uh, if you've been playing it yourself, try to email us comments about it. Maybe we can talk about it on our show or something. And um, yeah happy halloween everybody happy halloween thank you for joining us i hope you enjoyed the podcast 
Uh, again, Little Hope was the game this month. Check it out if it ever comes out on Game Pass, but I don't think we would ever recommend that you go buy this one. Yeah. Um, hopefully the next one is better, though. So, thanks for joining us. You'll get a nice little trap outer lewd by our main <laughs> man here, Dylan, here. So, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks. Peace. Peace. Yo! Yeah.